Boom. And welcome to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me, Ricky Spears and Chris Walton. I'm excited to share today's episode with you. We've got a great guest on in Kieran Kedal. Kieran is a three-time world Muay Thai champion. He's head of Double K Gym. He is CEO of Muay Thai Grand Prix. He is head coach at Elite Gym in Calgary, Elite Muay Thai, sorry, in Calgary. Uh, he's also known for training Itris Elba in his documentary, uh, The Fighter. That's a lot of titles, Kieran. You should calm down, geese. Um, and I've also had the pleasure of training with Kieran myself uh, back in, I don't know when it was, uh, back when he used to work at um, a gym called Centex um, down near us in Kent. So had the pleasure of being trained by Kieran. He's a great guy. Um, I find his drive and his kind of casual approach quite inspiring, really. And yeah, it was just a good chat. Um, hope you enjoy it as much as me and Chris did. Please enjoy Kieran Kettle. Thanks for coming on and then jump straight into it, really, mate. Yeah, go for it. Um, but it's probably, from like a few notes I've took, probably a good place to start with your own fight career, really, mate, I think, is is the best obvious place for me to start. What? Um, how old was you when you st first started fighting? Uh, well, I first started training when I was 12. And then um, I didn't compete until I was uh, 15. All right. Um, the reason being is... What happened is my brother Alan uh, was training in a, a, a university gym as such because he was he was up there studying, yeah. and called up back home. Said to uh, said to my mum, said look, get Kieran into into Thai boxing. He'll love it. Try and find a local club. Right. And um, because I know I enjoyed football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was always like wanted to do. You know, if the team let down, I'd be I'd be upset. So I'd always yeah. blame myself as well. Yeah. So it was one of those sort of people. So um, I went along. Um, a guy called Sean Toomey. It was in Alberton Leisure Centre, which is the Walnuts. I think it's still there. Yeah, um, it still is. Yeah, still yeah, there. Walnuts is. Yeah, there you go. We had a little um, squash court. Yeah. And it was just like that, you know. You brought a few pads along. Oh, gloves, really? And then uh, Sean Toomey. So I literally went once a week, twice a week. Um, and didn't really take it that seriously. I enjoyed it, but it was just something to do. Yeah. Extra on... Right. Busy schedule, that sort of life, I suppose, at age yeah. 12, 13. And then um, what happened is is uh, Alan came back from university and then took over the club. Sean left right. and moved you know, down, moved out of London as such. Um, it was called Lumpini Tire Boxing then. Uh, we then moved to Petswood, we call it. Petswood Tire Boxing Club. Um, it's, all, it's all your brothers at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then eventually it, it, it changed the name to Kettle's Gym, you know. Yeah, right. Um, like my first fight when I was, uh, I think I was just 15. Right. At your call. Your so. call, was it? Bethnal oh, Green. So it's quite, oh, a big, okay, right. it's quite a big first fight then, it wasn't... Well, yeah, 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 I suppose so. I mean, it was a, a novice fight with shin pads, you know. Yeah. I fought another guy called Kieran, funny enough, um, and uh, I stopped him in the third round. So, yeah, it was a... But I, to be honest, I still didn't take it seriously then. Really? It was just, you want to fight? Yeah, go for it, yeah. You know, train a couple of times a week. That was... Have you, always, have you always took like, in fighting fairly light like that? As in, no, yeah, no. I, uh, I had a few fights. It's it, like it's really weird, especially that time. And it's not even really that long ago, but that time 
You never really had full-time gyms like you've got now. I'm talking about fight gyms. Yeah. You literally had, what we used to do is just go into, um, hire a hall, do it an hour before, set all the mats up, put bags up ourselves. Right, yeah. And then the class would start, you know. And at the Classic end of each class, everyone had to put everything away. Yeah. Do you think that's just because it wasn't popular enough? Because um, I seem to remember that. Like, uh, yeah, like but even early on, like go to a leisure centre and that's then it. Yeah, everyone's I'm getting up some pads out. Early just judo classes. Look at shit. the rise of the last sort of 10 years, UFC. It's big as everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Your next door neighbour knows what MMA is, or cage fighting, they would call it. Yeah. Boxing's massive at the moment, especially. It's huge. Yeah. You know, that's boomed again. Um, so there's a business now. Yeah. Uh, you've even got, like, you know, these 24-hour gyms, are, you know, they've got some sort of boxer size or some sort yeah. of boxing. Or, or even gym box is massive now as well. Gym box speed. I think they've got eight yeah. or nine gyms in, in London. Yeah. Everywhere's got a bag. Everywhere's like, a lot of places yeah. have got a bag. And you know, it's, I mean, it's, changed, yeah. it's changed from like an underground sport yeah. to, yeah, to yeah. more white collar, hence white collar boxing's big. Yeah. So it's, it's more acceptable for all ages and abilities to do it. Yeah, definitely. So that's the reason, really. Yeah. So how old were you in your first ever fight? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. And then um, I didn't, like I said, we're training two, three times a week. Um, I had uh, I won a, an English title when I was sixteen, and uh, I beat the guy on points. And a guy from fight from Birmingham at the time. I think I was just sixteen. He was thirty three. I never forget that. Really. And um, and I really did. I don't look now, but I, I did then. It looked like I was about ten. You know. So I won the final. It was good. You know, loved it. The buzz. It was a big crowd there. It was down in Woodville Halls. Yeah. And uh, in Gravesend, and then. Uh, the I next show that, after that, I started to get a little bit... thirty-three-year-old felt... Uh, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. I did want a rematch for a while as well. Um, and then um, I remember that afterwards, and then training for the next fight, and then being at an event, people go, oh, Kieran, great fight last time. I said, oh, well, not bad at this. Let's just see how this goes. Yeah. Take it a bit more seriously. Um, train more. Do yeah. all the... Cl- you know, just got more involved in it. Followed the sport as well, which, which you've got to do. Having, yeah. having beaten someone who's double your age... At that point, did you think, yeah, I'm pretty handy at this? Like, you must have thought, because that, is, that isn't usual. At, at that normal, age, I think your right. your mindset's so different. You you don't have any responsibility, do you? Just, yeah. Nothing you just, to lose, you mean, yeah. Yeah, I had nothing to lose. I just went in there and just fought, and I, I just didn't want to lose, you know. I just went in there and beat him, yeah. beat him you know. Um, and to be fair, if you're watching my style back then, and this is the whole of the UK, to be, to be honest with you, is we just got as fit as we possibly could. There wasn't like, now you have, like, you can get plans of sparring. and But, you know, it depends who came in the gym. You just train and spar. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got, like, this day you do pads, this day you do sparring. This, those times, just someone come in and just spar them. So, and it's just try and beat them in any way possible. Punch, kick, knee. Yeah. I didn't really understand scoring so much. It was just basically who's the fittest and who's the strongest. Yeah. That's what happened then. So I just got myself as fit and strong as possible. Didn't really have much technical style. A bit rough and ready. And then... um. And then that's how I won a lot of my earlier fights. Just better conditioning, yeah. stronger. And then, and, and then I went to Holland for a bit of training. I saw a different side to it with technique. I think I was about 18. Mm. Went to a few gyms in Holland, in and out for a few years. They trained very differently, very uh, repetition, repetition drills, combination drills. I call it Dutch drills, but it's a lot yeah. of gyms do it now. Yeah. Uh, good conditioning for the body. And it and a short, short burst. And then uh, I went to Thailand and it's completely different. Again, it's a technique. Yeah, right. You know, it's more of a scoring, more of an art. I, I got, I got back from Thailand two, ten days ago. Okay, I cool. went out for um, to Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket. Okay, yeah, Phuket. Just yeah. for a week, just yeah, to yeah. sort of experience it. 
Mate, they, I, I couldn't believe how long they train for and how hard they train when they're doing it compared yeah. to what we what I've done here. Yeah, but it has changed. Just, we, we, Westerners oh. have changed it. Really? Because uh, when, when I was younger, your sessions were two to three hours a time. Yeah. And now because of people's, like, I've got to do it, I've got a job, I've got this, got this responsibility, condense it all. Right, You know, yeah. all these new exercises that have come through, like Power Wave, T25, Insanity, they're yeah, all 20 minutes, 25 exactly. minutes long. Yeah. Um, and what you, again, that is try and get yourself as fit, as shredded as quickly as possible. As well, fighting really is an art, and you yeah. should put more time to it. But like you said, you know, when I was living in Thailand especially, it was three hours morning. Yeah. Three to four hours in the evening. Yeah. And then you'd learn it. You learn, that's how you learn, you know. You don't just go crazy all the time. Yeah, yeah. Slow pace down, but it's the heat that takes it, it out. Does make you, it does make you realise that um, you've got a lot more in the tank. You know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm training here and I do like a like half hour on the pads or yeah, just have work with Mike, and I think I'm gassing like quite quick. But then when you haven't got a choice and everyone's doing it and that's just yeah. the norm, then you're like, oh, it's not, yeah, of course I've got more in the tank. Yeah. Like, um, but the, the heat was, I mean, that... Drain me yeah. so quick. When I first went over, I was going over for sort of four to five weeks training for a fight. Or yeah. um, the first time I went to Thailand actually was I actually won it. <laughs> On a, I took a a fight on four days' notice against a Thai. I think it was nineteen. Uh, yeah, okay, just take it. And the, the promoter said, "Listen, I'll, I'll give you a flight to Thailand if you, if you take the fight." Didn't think about money then. Just whatever yeah. you know. Yeah. Blinding. <laughs> yeah, like to Thailand, yeah. you know. So I went, you know, I had this fight as a tie. I lost on points to him. Um, he was just superior in the clinch, you know, and he knew the scoring more. I said, like, I said about, I used to try and just try and tear the head off, and then right. I realised there's there's more to it after yeah. that when you get someone who's just skillful. Yeah, and the footwork and everything. So when I went to Thailand after that, that's the first time, and I went for three weeks, and then eventually started doing camps over there four to six weeks. Then I, you know, mid twenties, early twenties, started living there. Yeah. For Longer, longer period. So, yeah. Is it still? Was there a lot of locals there this time training, or is it a lot more tourists? I think that the camp that I went to is a bit more sort of westernized. So you went to Tiger, it? yeah. Yeah. So Tiger is is one of the first um, gyms in Thailand that was very commercial. Yeah. Um, and I think Thais especially saw it as very popular. Like we just talked about with MMA being big, yeah. people going over for training camps. A lot more people body conscious than ever before, you know. Yeah. And going to Thailand, and it's does it, they realise it's not just for fighters. Yeah. You know. I noticed that. Yeah. When I was the there. gym I used to go to, Cast and Rich. You came in and you, you just turned up just for a bit of fitness. They're like, What's, they wouldn't really train you properly. Yeah. If you're fighting, they're on you. to yeah. Focus. Then there was another market. They realised, hold on a second, we can make extra money from this. Yeah. I think Phuket has fifty-one Thai gyms. Is there really? 51 Muay Thai gyms. Well, they're, they're, they're Chalong, where I was staying, it's, that, it's just, just a street of Thai gyms, juice really? bars, there's no bar, you can't yeah. go out, no one goes out there. You've got AKA, you've yeah. got Tiger. Spartan. Yeah, there's loads. Unit 50. Yeah, yeah there's It's loads. like I said, it's the last sort of five to ten years, they've seen there's a market to fighters gyms, that's great, but they don't, they're not the really big money. Now yeah. it's... People like the everyday person going yeah. over there to train. But they're doing fat loss transformations, like retreats. That never it's like a fitness retreat. When I first went there, you'd never have heard of that. No. Uh, no never no. have heard of it. I think it's uh, maybe an American influx as well over there. Yeah. And like social media, that yeah. is so much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful setting. It's a massive gym. Yeah. Like they've, done a, they've done a good job, really, there. Like yeah. The commercial I mean, the, side of it. I, I imagine they've. The gym I trained at was Calcium Rear. It was a small little gym uh, west of Bangkok. Um, 2003 and I went with a, a, an ex a girlfriend of mine she was fighting too 
but it wouldn't let her, she was the first lady to, to train there and they're all a bit funny about no I don't want to right you know I don't want to hold pads first so they, we found a trainer for her mm. and she wasn't allowed in the ring either wow. that's, oh, no, that's against everything and was this 2004 2003 this was wow um, and uh, as years went on of course even that gym they put they Put another side to it, Castle Merritt, where the, you know they now appreciate that women do come over and compete. Yeah, you know, um, so they just now everyone. It's like normal now, like women in the gym training for fights. Yeah. Well, foreign you women, though, not Thai. Foreign women, yeah. You don't get to be fair. The foreign women are actually a level above the Thai fighters. Yeah, the Thai women right. fighters. Yeah, because yeah. um, there is still there, Thai women. Yeah, yeah, there is still. Yeah, there's been some good ones. Don't get me wrong. It's just because their culture is is especially with females is. Is very different to what ours is. We, yeah. you know, it's accepted. You know, women train and do all sports. Yeah. Um, in the West world, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Over mm. in Asia, it's sort of only accepted over the last yeah. five, ten years, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There wasn't many female fighters. There's a few more now. Yeah. So when did you, did you actually make an active decision at some point? Right, I'm done. I'm done competing now. Hanging gloves uh, up, sort of thing. Or was it a natural kind of progression? Or. Well, I was always coaching. Anyway, you know, to make ends meet, make some money as well. Um, the first passion is fighting. However, what was happening is um, there was a lot of fighters coming over from other gyms, training with me, sparring, moving around, etc. The name grew, Kettle's Gym grew at the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's very, very hard to have your own gym and fight as well. Yeah, Because you have to... With fighting, I, I don't know about other sports as such, I'll just go about what I know, is if you're a fighter, you have to be the most selfish person on the planet. Yeah. You really do. You have to put yourself first. And if you ever speak to my mum, about a week before a fight, I was the most miserable fucker ever. Yeah. Absolute. Pretty common though, right? Really common. Because I'm cutting weight, yeah. you know, and everything's important. Everything's important. You, you number one in life is the fight. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, and it means it, that, and that's how it should be, really. When you become a coach, it's not important. Yeah, what's important is is the fighter. So you don't, you, you can't be selfish anymore. Yeah, you understand. But when you've got 10, 11, 12 fighters, you've got to try and spread it out a little bit. Spread the love. Yeah, it is spread the love, but you can't. So you're number, you're not number one anymore. Mm. I, I still don't know. I mean. You ever see some fighters that have got their own gym and still compete? Their level is never as good, right? Because they've got more responsibility, more distractions. Yeah, absolutely, that. Yeah. Um, I always say to every guy I've ever trained who ever wants to have got their own gym, make sure you finish with your fighting first. Because I tried it, and it backfires. You yeah. know, and then your condition's not the same. You think oh, I need to train this guy because he's got a fight coming up, and then you end up missing a session yourself. Yeah. Well, you're not. Well, you're not quite young to be stopping. Thirty, I finished. It was quite young. It was just. Uh, I felt. Hmm? How do you know? Thirty-seven. Right. So I felt, at the time, I'd done what I wanted to do. You always want to do more. Yeah, of the course. The fighter yeah. will always want to do more, no matter what level they are. But I just I'd done enough, and I had a lot of fights coming through, and I couldn't spread it. Yeah. The last fight, I tell you what actually happened is I had the fight before that, I lost. I used to own a business in Greenwich, which is a restaurant, and um, I tried to balance everything. We've all done this, you know. Mm. Tried to juggle too much. Um, and uh, I didn't take the training seriously. Yeah. First time ever. Didn't right. take it seriously. I just this would be fine. I'll be all right. Turn up on the Through day, stress, yeah. I was actually making weight because I had a, a, this, this bar that was going under and I was having trouble with that and all the nights, etc. And I made the weight, not even through dieting, just through stress. It's easy. Right. I can do this. Training three times a week. But you're training against the guy that's training twice a day for 
six days a week for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I just felt better than him. Anyway, so I lost, fair and square. Um, I was injured, everything. Was it points loss? Or points loss, yeah, but I, I was just awful. Right. It was the worst you've ever seen me fight. Really? And I come back to, and I was thinking about finishing around then. You're I sorry, you're 30 at this time. Yeah, maybe 29 or 30. Right. And I just turned around to um, uh, one of the coaches there and just said, I think I've done. That's it. I can't dedicate time, and I need to dedicate time. Yeah. Because if I came back, let's just say I came back fighting now, I'm going to fight someone who's trained six days a week, twice, you know, like I just yeah. said. Yeah. And they're going to rip your head off. I can't, I'm not going to come back against someone who trains a couple of times a week. Yeah, right. So, I had to think about it when I can't go out on a loss. I can't yeah, go out, or yeah. I can't go out on a performance like that, let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. So I said, right, everyone else is getting put at number two. And I did a 10 week camp from literally January. And then I, I had a retirement fight. Um, oh, this was in Orpington? Swanley. Swanley, yeah. Swanley, yeah. Yeah, and, nice um, I remember I just went... So you trained at Semtex? Yeah, I trained at Semtex, Semper right, yeah. Steve, yeah. And then I had the last fight there um, against a French champion who was a two-time world champion as well. So he was, you know, it was a good fight. A close fight, but I won on points, but it was yeah. an absolute war, but I gave it everything. And afterwards yeah. I went, unless I can train like that again, yeah. it's impossible. Do, yeah. you, do you miss it? Yeah, well, you're always going to miss it. But do you feel like you get the same, not the same rush, but you, where you've got this like stable of quality fighters yeah. that you're coaching? I still get nervous. Do, like, do you, you still know. feel, go through the motions? You know, like um, you, when you've been training people for a long time, you they become past the student, become your friend as well. Yeah. yeah. So when, they, when you corner them and they've got a big fight coming up and you've been training them for eight, ten weeks or something like that, and it's a particularly important fight, you get nervous with them. Yeah. You know, it's never the same. Mm. But your nerves when you're fighting is it, you're in control, so it's your fight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But when it's someone else fighting, you're not in control. You're giving them a game plan, but it's like you're not, it's very difficult, you know? Yeah, I bet. Must be harder in one respect. It, it is harder in. It yeah. is a hell of a lot harder, I think. Yeah. You know? Um, Can't help them once they're in. It's quite a lonely it's place inside. Yeah, that it's, ring, it's, down, it? it's down to them then. Yeah. You know? What's the, what's the, is there, num is there one fight in particular that stands out as your best performance, like where you really turned up? Um, yes. So what happened is I was competing at 66.6k, the welterweight division, yeah. um, in uh, tie boxing, boxing. Um, and I had a little dabble, because I was making the weight pretty easy. You dropped weight, didn't you? Yeah, and I dropped yeah. weight right. to, to 63.5. I looked horrendous. My eyes were about that <laughs> huge. I looked like an ant head. Anyway, um, but I was actually, to be fair, I had about five or six fights at this weight. Well, when I was in Thailand, you can just drop the weight easier, look after yourself, maintain, yeah. sleep at the right time, eat properly, you know. So I had about five or six fights. I was undefeated at that weight as well. And I thought, there's this, there's this Russian fighter called Andre Kotzer, and he was very good, three-time world champion. Uh, um, my Games, which is an amateur game, which is like basically the Olympics as such. Uh, gold medalist, very, very good. Uh, Belarusian. Uh, strong, technical. So um, the fight against him, we actually fought at the K2 Leisure Centre in Crawley. And uh, for me, I, I just, everything came together. I've been in Thailand training, come over. Uh, he had just knocked out the UK number two at the time. Uh, it was a bit of a name, uh, had a good reputation. I've been out of Thailand, so I hadn't really fought in the UK much. I've just come back. And performance against him is probably my best, I think. So you're a full-time fighter at this point. You can have a job as well. well you did. Yeah, full-time, yeah. Right. I had sponsors and I would I would fight over in Thailand just to sort of 
everything's relevant, you know. Yeah. The training's pretty cheap, so and I'm not one to have. I never have been, and never never will be one to have be flash with cars or jewelry mm. or clothes, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I just I wanted to to fight and have as many fights as possible. Did you get? I mean, I'm not sure how it works, but was there? Did you have like a schedule of fights, or did people just like you get a promoter come up and say we've got a fight two days? Deal that happens no deal. sometimes in Thailand. This is a, a different, especially in Thailand, over uh, to what we know with boxing, where when they get to the, the high end, they only fight twice a year. Like Joshua fights twice a year, you know. Yeah. And they know that this is roughly the dates you're going to be fighting. Yeah. In Thailand, like you just said, even high level fighters they'll say. Got a fight for you in three days. You Strikes means they're quite they're quite casual with it. Like they, yeah, yeah. They just, just love fighting, don't it's an they? Everyday yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Even it's, like it's the culture. kids. When I noticed the kids out there who are like you look young, when you we see them when they were when they were sparring and hitting pads, they were like technically incredible, like, incredible. And they're kids, like, they're like eight nine years old. Scary little humans. Yeah, they <laughs> are. You know, hey, it's scared the shit out of me. Some, one of them <laughs> smashing pads. I thought he would. You definitely would have ironed me out. <laughs> you know, a lot of, yeah, it's true. But a lot, a lot of them, like the 9, 10, 11, have yeah. 100 fights, 120 fights, you know. Yeah. That's mental. And you've got that's like their no Sunday padding. league football, yeah. isn't it? No padding. No, that's, that's five rounds, three minutes, you know. No headgear either. No headgear, no. Shit. No headgear. But the sport is it's very different. It's a dangerous sport, don't get me wrong. But it's very different, as in, especially when they're that young, a lot of the, uh, the blows and attacks are kicks to the body or knees to the body because it's, it's a lot to do with gambling and scoring yeah yeah. Um, they try not to not it's really like their mindset is very different what we've got to understand is over there is sometimes they don't have a choice that is what they've got yeah. to do but if you fight often and regularly you make more money for the family yeah in the UK it's these big build up do you know what I mean I fight three times a year I fight three times in a month you know, <laughs> yeah. because at the end of the day they need to put money yeah, they need to, to put their food family. On the table, so yeah. how they fight a lot of these, especially the young ones, how they fight is just to win on points about getting hurt. Right. I so see, th yeah. then it becomes an art, more of a style, you know. Okay. Got right. it. When we watch it, West is getting there, knock him out. Yeah. Like that. No, no. <laughs> they don't. Want, they want to come out fighting injured, so maybe get a cool fight tomorrow. Yeah. And right. then that's more money for their family. See. So how different do they get? How, how how's the payments work then? All different. Right. You know, you get gamblers tips. They obviously get a fight purse. Yeah. Percentages goes to the gyms. All different deals. They have got managers. Blah blah blah. Everything's different. Every gym I've known is different. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Most of the time, if the fighter lives on site, they, they get fed twice a day and get trained twice a day. It usually goes 50-50. Some gyms that are very good gyms, like Council Rip, for example, they actually send them to schools as well, so they've got an education. Wow. Um, and then they take 50-50 of the money, and it's like a gamble anyway. Because yeah. potentially a fight could come through and not be any good. Yeah. You get another fight comes through, they're gambling on him, and he... You know, yeah, one punch yeah. away from earning a lot of money. Yeah, for like for everyone, you know. Yeah. So as uh, as it stands now, who's um, I know you've got uh, you've got some seriously tasty fighters that mm -hmm. you're training. Who's who's looking sort of top of the field in in your weight class now? Who's sort of taken over the mantle? Well, it's actually it's going to be decided on July the seventh. Oh, and is it Charlie Peters? That's and right, Liam and Liam Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so shit. good fight. Liam's no, been no, number no. one for about 10 years now. He was actually the weight below and the weight below that over the years, you know. I actually um, listened to Liam Harrison on the um, that really little-known podcast <laughs> called Joe, Joe Rogan, is it? Oh, that yeah. little pecker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was brilliant. That was, to be fair, it was, brilliant. Uh, it was a brilliant podcast. Yeah, um, it was good. And uh, Liam's now the star, you know, of the UK, sort of how our boundaries push, you know. When we were about, and I had a, there was a few other guys around at the time, we were in leisure centres, etc., nightclubs on a Sunday, you know, when they're closed, and that's the events. 
now they're starting to get a little bit more well known, start to get television deals, live stream deals. Yeah. He's now really plugged into social media. Yeah. He's using doing seminars around the world. So he's as he said on the podcast, he's a product. Yeah. So he's the number one in the country and uh he's leading the way now for the young starlets to come through. Mm. So uh it's a big fight, you know, Tyler's up and coming. Um but he's beaten most of the people below him over the rankings over the years, you know. Yeah. So, that's, sorry, that's me. the Charlie that's from your gym. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's so that's a, a bit of a grudge match. It's been sort of in the making for about a year, year and a half. Mm. Uh, various different reasons, injuries and other bookings for fights. So yeah, July seventh. Where, where is it? Indigo at the O2 Muay Thai Grand Prix. So so where can people get tickets for that? Is that is that still they still selling? Yeah, yeah. Access dot com. You can buy tickets or any of the fighters on the well Charlie himself. You know. Or at Liam, so I'm going to be there. Yeah, it's a big event, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a big event. It's it's quite well talked about. Yeah. Um, not just social media, just in, in all the gyms, everyone's talking about it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's finally happening July seventh. So, how many rounds is it? Five rounds, three minutes. Right. Is so. that is that standard now? Standard, yeah. Right. Okay. Standard. It's enough. You do get. It's yeah. No. You. <laughs> that, even like I said, even Thailand's changed. That's the traditional five rounds, three minutes. But yeah. Now. You are getting tournaments where they're in three rounds of three minutes. Right. For very di various different reasons. Uh, for eight-man tournaments, so they can get more fights in the night. If you've got a television show of two hours, if you do five three-minute rounds, let's say potentially you have five fights on two hours. If you do three threes, you can probably get seven or eight. Yeah. So there's more exposure. Right, yeah. You can get more countries involved. More money. Basically. More money, yeah. Right, yeah. So it's yeah. all different format. Plus three rounds sometimes, especially in Thailand. They start a little bit slower, round one and two. And then they pick the pace up. For three rounds, you just have to go from the off. Right. Yeah, you know? Kieran, when um, when obviously you were doing, when you were really um, actively competing, yep. um, MMA, as it's known now, wasn't really no. the same animal that it is, right? Yeah. Had you been doing that five, ten years later, do you think you'd have had, or did you ever have an MMA fight? I don't know. No, I never had an MMA fight. Um, but a small story, which is quite funny, is... Um, I was about 27. I thought, have a little go, you know. Mm. Have a little go. Because I was contemplating what to do with my fight career, you know. I was back in England at that time. Going to Thailand every now and then, but not as a, you know, the, the, the career there had finished, you know. Right. Yeah. What to do. So um, I spoke to this guy called Rob, and he said, oh, right, I'll, uh, I'll set you up this Brazilian dude called Leo Nagel. You'll love him. He appreciates Thai boxing. Because my, my thing was, in my theory, in my head at that time was, keep standing. If I can get a coach and get me back on my feet mm. and do escapes, then maybe I've got to, maybe to do something. Just something different, yeah, you know? Yeah, a bit of a sprawl. So <clears throat> I met Leo in, in, um, in uh, Bethnal Green, and he's absolutely crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy, but he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know half what he says. Every other word, I don't know what he's saying, but still. And... Um, we trained about three or four months. I did some, he, he brought in Brad Pickett, so I did some sparring with him at the time. A few other guys, Brazilians, were just taking me down left, right, and centre. Just for people that don't know, is, is Leo a um, jiu jitsu coach? Yes. Yeah. A Brazilian. Um, yeah. Um, big dude as well, you know, 95 kilos or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and he was really good. He, I, I enjoyed his way of teaching. He's very full on. It was all the escapes, keeping me standing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, 
Still friends now, actually. He's, he's flying about somewhere in different mm. gyms, is yeah. how he is. And um, yeah, so one day I was uh, knocked on the door of Bethnal Green. No one there. A couple of people turned up for the cast, no one there. I was like, what's happened here? Like, I tried calling, the phone's completely dead. Didn't think much of it. I told myself, it's really weird. He'd never missed. And like, we, even though I was only known him for a few months, we'd become really good friends. You know, he's just a nice guy. Yeah. And then, uh, so I went back. And it was a forum at the time. Does anyone know Aaliyah the Gower? Someone put on there. Right. And he'd been deported. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's something to do with paperwork or something like that. And then um, I did try a couple of other gyms. It's a good excuse to not be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did try a couple of other gyms, but it just didn't work out. I didn't feel the, the same connection. That bond, right. yeah. Yeah, just... And I just ended up got an offer for another Thai boxing club and took that, you know. Stick with what you know sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, I enjoyed that very small dabble with it. Yeah. And then funnily enough, a year later, maybe 15 months later, he actually came back to the UK. And one of his first phone calls was to me as soon as he got off the plane. Hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, <laughs> I said, oh, I'm victim of Thai boxing. No, no, no. Like that. But, yeah, but Is so... Mexican um, or...? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. He's Mexican-Brazilian. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, to go through the borders of Mexico. Yeah, I guess. Right, yeah. It's been there for eighteen months, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, that's that's my dad with MMA. But looking back, uh, uh, maybe, maybe I would have. It's yeah. a big sport now, um, it, because also UFC is American. That's what makes it so big. Everyone yeah. in America, especially the fighters, they're all connected. Like this is like they're all media trained. Yeah, every. Every MMA fight, especially in in America, a lot of them are media trained. Yeah, so they know how to share, retweet, how to word things, um, and of course UFC itself just boomed into something ridiculously big. Yeah, you know, with weekly shows now and yeah, everyone I mean, around there is, it. There is you got celebrities uh, we, yeah. going to the, the fights now. You know, they've invested heavily in it and it's paid off. You know, yeah. there are lots of people invested in promotions and not paid off. Yeah, that one has. You know, there is a lot of chatter that they're at a bit of a weird point now. Now they've lost all their big, big names, from Brock Lesnar to Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey and all their massive. Yeah, but that's not anything. You know, like um, you said, like a football club, for example, like Man United. You know, they were reigning for so long, mm. and eventually all the players retire, get old. Yeah, and then you have to just have a couple of years where they could sleep a little bit. You know, rebuild, come back, rebuild. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's how that's going. Yeah, they've still got some good fighters in it. It's a, it's very it's a very different sport to what it was ten years ago, isn't it? Yeah, it's more corporate now. Mm. It's a lot more clean cut. Um, if you look back at the early UFC fight, like UFC like one to sort of twenty twenty five, I mean that is crazy to watch yeah, some of them. Yeah, oh yeah, you've got like one guy's in a gi. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other guys like yeah, running about. Looks like a sumo yeah. wrestler. <laughs> yeah, different weights like. And that, it shows how much it's evolved though over yeah. twenty odd years. You know. It's crazy, yeah. like you said, one one had one discipline, didn't they? Yeah. And then you had a couple doing a couple of disciplines. Now it's just a complete discipline. Now everyone's it? got everything. Yeah. It's yeah. funny though if you say to people who, it's it's still not as accepted as you would think. In that, if you were to say to someone, "I'm having an MMA fight," yeah, someone who knows what that is, it's like that's acceptable. But then you've got people who are sort of out of that loop of knowledge who say, "Oh, that's a cage fight, yeah. like animals." You call, you, yeah. What's yeah. wrong with you? Well, no blood. one really understands. No. Unless they understand that well, I've said from day one, and it's actually the safest sport. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean... 100%. If you look at boxing... MMA... MMA is the safest sport of the lot. It's an actual fact. I'll tell you why. You might, and a lot of people don't realise that. I'll tell you why. In boxing, your training is where you do a lot of damage and injuries. right? So in mm. boxing... Sparring. You're sparring, yeah. You concentrate on two things, the body and the head. 
So your impact is there. You just concentrate on that. That's what you're doing in boxing. And then you drain the weight, and then you make, and then, then you fight. And obviously, you're just getting your head punched off. Now, if you get knocked down in boxing, you get an eight count. You get back up again, yeah. and then you fight. MMA, you get knocked down. Boom, they get on top. Your form is over. It's finished. You don't, yeah. get, you don't get another chance. Yeah. And then the training side of MMA is you have to do everything, don't you? You can't just box bar. So you yeah. might box bar once a week. And then you might have to do uh, wrestling. So you actually avoid less shots of the body yeah. and head. Go, sorry. Just going into boxing then, most boxers, not all, have got a big amateur career. So they've been boxing from kids, taking all these headshots and bullshots. So it's a hell of a lot harder sport in terms of the body and a yeah. hell of a lot more dangerous. In my opinion, yeah. would I be, would I be, I'm, I'm not sure if this is true or not about whether I've heard this and then just subsequently believed it, which I do, which I do a lot. Um, and that is that where the gloves are quite a bit bigger in in a boxing fight. That's that, and and you're being repeatedly hit to the head. That's quite a lot of lower impact, but more regular shots. Whereas mm. if you get hit in the jaw with an MMA glove, quite often you go to bed. Yeah, they go, they, they go sleep the route. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So it's not like you're taking a constant battering. No. So no. I, I presume that that would make a big difference over like the course of a career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of the you know, especially boxers from sort of ten plus years ago, they didn't really have a lot of boxers now uh, are world champions by the time they've had twenty twenty five fights. A lot of them haven't had amateur careers, etc. But back those days when you're like, let's do an example, like Duran had all of that. They had fifty, sixty, seventy fights, and they were yeah. fighting five, six times a year, yeah. fifteen rounds. The gloves were nowhere near like they are now. And the training was so different. You just spar sparred all the time and yeah. the best survived, you know. Yeah. Nowadays, it's a hell of a lot more scientific approach. It, yeah, the person off the street knows more about dieting than ever before. I'm not correct, saying it's correct, yeah. but they know yeah. a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they compete a hell of a lot less. Mm. They compete a hell of a lot less than they ever did before. Yeah. Are you aware of that when you're getting fighters ready now in terms of how much sparring they're going to do and how much they need to do, but yeah. protecting them from obviously the trauma and stuff as well? It's a very difficult one, because no matter what, when you come into a gym and you want to compete, you have to accept you're going to get hit. Yeah. Right? I cannot guarantee you that you're not going to get hurt, not get hurt. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah. The best fighters in the world all got hit. That's, a, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, I will try everything possible to make it as safe as possible, but the realistic is, you are going to get hit. Yeah. You are going to get injured from time to time. Mm. Uh, and touch wood, you know, um, throughout teaching of 20 years or something, I very rarely see a, a bad injury. Yeah. You know? So, like, as a part of my own students, you yeah. know, you hear about um, the boxer recently dying, you know. Um, Young lads, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think, I don't know if you remember, but there was, um, he actually was at our gym and then immigrated to Australia. It was a guy called Mark Fowler. Right. And he had about, five, six, seven fights for Kettle's Gym at the time. Lovely man. And uh, he uh, he went to Australia to travel, came back and said, I'm going to immigrate there. Can you help us find a gym over there? Because he still loved tie boxing. Yeah. Went, over to, went over to Australia. He, won a, he actually won an Australian title. And then he was about 33, 34. This is about four or five years ago, I think now. Um, he had a fight. I was actually... In Macedonia, and I was just going, how's he getting on? You know, look, it, it'd been gone a few years, but you always find out through social media how's he getting on. And what had happened is he'd, he'd had his fight, he lost his belt, and he'd gone into the changing room um, and gone up to the bar, had a drink with the guy, apparently. He said, oh, went back to the changing room and then just uh, started speaking and just boom, passed out. 
And then um, I got a phone call to say uh, uh, Mark's in hospital. Um, he's collapsed after the fight, and I thought, keep me updated, keep me updated, keep me updated. And then the next day, uh, he passed away. Good I know. So, um, but it's a really weird thing is uh, I wanted to give up. It's funny because I haven't trained him for five years or something, four yeah. years, been in that gym. But yeah. I thought, well, I can't. I can't put people, you know, I couldn't, my, that could happen to one of my students, and how would you feel from that? Mm. Yeah, right. You know? But at the end of the day, same when I used to fight, these things can happen. Yeah, well, it's, if you go and look at the statistics, it actually means fuck all. It's like you're at more risk every time we go and get in our car. Absolutely. Yeah. Motorsports must have just as much. Not in your car, mate. You drive about 15 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm perfectly safe, but <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people. <laughs> no, but it's true, you know, you know, there's loads of sports where there's injuries and deaths, etc., etc. but that was just obviously... Hopefully it never happens again, you know, so. Yeah, I guess ultimately it is like a fight, it is the fight business though, isn't it? And yeah. there's always going to be that element of danger. When when you were fighting yeah. and you were, I don't, the, the only reason I say this is that I, when I was training recently, and I, I recently had like a, a white collar MMA fight. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, last week, in fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And um, that's why I went over to Thailand, did some training. Just, I just wanted a, a different challenge. Yeah. And one thing I noticed is that, um, and this is weird, it might just be me, but being punched in the face, mm. it's quite nice. Like, there's an element to it that's quite nice. Right? And yeah, I don't, no, I don't mean, I may, perhaps I haven't been hit no, by you, like, no, a no, no. but there's, there's a guilty pleasure in, like, having a, like, proper Everyone punch Everyone reacts different to, different to punching. Some yeah. people, they need to get punched to get going. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. people, like, they get hit and they smile and they go, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Other people get hit and they go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's everybody's different to how they react. There's some people that get conditioned to get used to being hit, and some people just used to being hit. Which person were you? Um, I, just, I didn't care. You didn't care. Yeah, it wasn't. Did you when when you were younger? Did you just like fighting anyway? And then that's why. Like, well, you know, I've got three older brothers. So, yeah. You know, you always used to muck around and yeah, give each other digs under the table and stuff skin, like that. Yeah. Yeah, just you know, you get used to that. Competitive yeah. nature happens when you. I was the youngest too, so it's competitive nature. Right. So um, maybe. Maybe, yeah, but you know, but we did a lot of sparring, mm. so you get used to it. Also, yeah. there's um, a bit of conditioning there, yeah, a bit of conditioning, take, taking shots as well. Have you ever been like, um, taking a shot and thought, and like, pr properly wobbled you, and you thought, that's the hardest you know I've what? been hit? Um, um, I never got knocked out, I got put, put on my ass when I was 15 in a, in a under 16 fight. Um, first round, literally, touch glove, blah blah blah. blah. Um, had a head guard on him and, and uh, literally didn't feel anything and I was like what are these lights doing <laughs> <laughs> and I got up and I was like he didn't put me down I'm not having that really you know, I'm not having that like, what it, you didn't believe it no I didn't believe right. it and after the fight I was like I didn't get put down <laughs> <laughs> no he did he got put down oh, and that, that didn't happen did but that was that, yeah, um, yeah so that was um, but that didn't hurt which yeah. is pinpoint accuracy really just on the button yeah, but after that, I had a good chin, so I never really, um, I mean, you get you feel it, but I'd always be standing as such, you know, so I was... No one knocked you out? Nope. In how many fights? 78. Jesus. That's a pretty good going, mate. Yeah. You've done all right there. Yeah, yeah I did all right. <laughs> I got stopped a couple of times by cuts and stuff right, like that. Yeah. Um, but like never elbows not, or... Yeah. yeah. So what exactly happened the that's... fight that you got put down? You went on to... Now, that was the one I just told you about. He didn't get put down, Rick. He didn't get put down. Oh, yeah, put it down. They get put down. I've actually had that. I've actually had that. Funny enough, we were talking about him earlier. It's so Rob Story. Yeah. So Rob fought in Watford. Rob. Um, Story, his name is. Oh, okay. Um, he's, he's finished fighting now. Uh, he's one of my good mates. And I was in the corner for him. I forgot who he fought. 
he got put down with a head kick, right? He come back to the corner. I'll never forget it. And he, uh, he sat in the corner, and I'm icing his legs. Now Alan's giving us some advice. And Alan goes, right, listen, you got put down, but it doesn't matter. And Robert, I didn't get put down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was icing his legs. And I said, what do I say here? And he looked at me. And he, always, he, always used to, he still does. Boy, did I get put down? Nah, nah, he didn't put down. She had to pussy gun on about. My sister says, shh, shh, shh. Comes back for round, whatever next round is. Come down. He's still thinking about it. Did I get put down? I went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but he got up, like, you know. Um, but yeah, you just sometimes don't. It, it doesn't necessarily be hard to, to get knocked down. It's just that accurate yeah, shot. It was actually yeah. a head kick he took. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not always like the most powerful no, shot. But sometimes, sort of like, like even sp I think sparring, you get hurt the most. In sparring, I've, I've been hit with some big shots, and you see the stars, etc. Yeah. yeah. And you just go, geez, because it's a bit more relaxed as well. Yeah. So, and um, you know, I guess there's not as much adrenaline. No, that's it. A lot of times you're sparring, you're, you're sparring people you know in the yeah. gym. So just boom, you take a few days, you go, Jesus Christ, like what? Yeah. But that's just part yeah. of it, you know. And then um, one thing I also wanted to ask you about was. Um, the your like nutrition this is a bit more of a like sort of intrigue from my point yep. of view with what we do here is um nutrition as you mentioned earlier seems to have come on such a long way now everyone every man is dog crazy. knows how to crazy. um eat well i think everyone knows how to eat well um but when you were you know preparing for your fights and making weight you know were you following a nutrition plan or were you just no. going old school and no, just, it's, no it I was actually just talking to, I talked to it about it quite a lot over the last year. Is it's gone crazy? Yeah, it's gone crazy. Like now you're getting food preps. You know, so many companies doing food preps. Yeah, so many. Mm. You know, and all these fighters again. Well, not just fighters, athletes again, signed to them and sponsored by them um, to get the right nutrition for whatever it is you're doing. Um, and then you're getting so much advice from social media. About what's right for you, what's wrong for you, what caught you know, da da da. Mm. Um, I didn't know. We didn't know anything about it. We just literally, it's the weight you got to make. Oh, I better train a sweatsuit for two weeks before the fight. Don't eat much. Yeah. I don't eat much bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat the crust though, because they're good for you. That's what you got told. Like you yeah, didn't yeah, know. Yeah. It's, it's true. so true. Like yeah. yeah. And then like, like two days before the fight, I don't eat anything. Just get your sweats off on. Ask Michael Showers about he, it. He's just mentioned it. That's why. One Ask of the Michael I Showers it. about it. Is Michael Shadows used to sleep in a sweatsuit the night before weighing. Really? So then he'd get up, be sweating, complete sweat. That made the weight. How dangerous is that? But we didn't know. Yeah. We were in saunas, like I was training in sweat socks for weeks before a fight. And then this the worst thing, it's the worst thing. After a fight, after the weighing, we'd go like McDonald's or something. <laughs> but we didn't know any different. Yeah, but I was quickly get a burger in you, it'd be good for you. You haven't had one for a week. Yeah. <laughs> really different. I've eaten for three days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's your mindset. You just didn't yeah. know. Yeah. You just yeah, make the weight. Yeah. Uh, however, another thing as well about those times is you never used to, I mean, I never used to blow up much between fight camps. Right, right yeah. Uh, uh, you used to be like between sort of four and six kilos above fight weight. Right. Now, because of this, this is the bad side to it. Nutrition nowadays is people blow up. It's where MMA also has got a big, big say in it because MMA's weight divisions of 77 kilos world weight and middleweight's 84. It's huge. Some people are really cutting down into these weights. Yeah. Now people, I know people who lose 15, 20 kilos, so it doesn't become a fight camp, becomes a fat camp. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, they're eating well to get down to that weight, and then afterwards they're just blowing up to a huge. Yeah. Um, but I was always between four and six kilos, and if I ever felt a bit heavy, I'd make sure I get down. Yeah. For that. Did you ever not make weight? Once. Biggest, probably one of the biggest regrets. Really? Yeah, it was a mistake. It's a mistake. I never ever. My thing is never blame other people. Take it on yourself. So it's my fault. Um, <clears throat> I got told about a weighing, so we flew to Italy. It was going to be for world title in Italy. And I got there, big promotion too. I got there and I was uh, 1.8 kilos over the fight weight. I just thought it was provisional weighing. And now I can come back right. later on in the afternoon. Right. They went, no, this is the weighing. You've got two hours now to lose the weight. Now, I was pretty dry, yeah. But I just thought, I've got 10, 12 hours. I can do it pretty slowly. So I went, oh, I'm in Italy, by the way. So I went, right, where's there a sauna? The manager went, oh, I don't think there's a sauna. I was like, so I went to the promoter. I needed to find a sauna. He went, try and find one. So we went rounds, literally around Milan. Hours upon hours. I missed the, the scales, you know? Right. So we, went, we found a sauna, but it was the worst sauna ever. Right. We went in there <laughs> and just couldn't get, couldn't get sweat. So I came back and I was about a kilo over now. Right. So we tried to negotiate to make the fight happen, but they didn't want to take it. Really? So the fight was completely off. So I flew to Italy right. and that was it. Shit. Yeah. And it cancelled, you didn't fight? No, I didn't cancel. I was well guided. Yeah. It's my fault. We tried everything, like I wear heavier gloves, he can take all my fight money, he wasn't really? fussed about that. Even offered him that, he was like, no. No, I just didn't want to do it. He was what? a kid, over. Yeah. Shame. I was naturally bigger than him anyway, he knew right. that. Um, it's, it's my mistake and my miscalculation, so. Yeah. But it's a regret, but. Yeah. Look, you're going to fight so many times, you know, it's not always going to be. Yeah, 100%, yeah. People have got to get used to that. It's, when people come to the gym, they see all, when they go to a show especially, they get a phone call, oh, I went to that show, I want to be a fighter, okay, cool, come along. All they see is your hand raised, you know, and all the yeah, afterwards yeah. and having a good time afterwards, but they forget about the grit, yeah. what you've got to go through for the, the camp beforehand. Yeah. And even to get sure. to that level sometimes, you've got to do all these little winter clubs, amateur yeah. fights. The sacrifice Absolutely. at an age when your you life's got to want to be going out and stuff. And your life's got to change. Yeah, it's massive. If it? you want to do, like in anything, I suppose, yeah. your life has got to change. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it does provide a, a nice um, like narrative for people to sort of follow that path. Like, I'm a fighter and, you know, this is what I do each week and I train day and day. Yeah, yeah. But then actually, like, the story and then the actual reality is probably quite a lot. There's yeah. probably quite a big difference I, I, there. I've had emails and messages from social media over the years and people going, oh, I want to come down to the gym, I want to be a fighter. Yeah, I've had this street fight. I was like, well, yeah. I always said the message, that's not what this is. Yeah. This is totally different. In fact, what you'll find is a lot of the fighters that they, they could never fight in the street. Yeah. But they wouldn't anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not those people, mm. you know. Um, and they come in here and they're like, you know, I definitely can fight. Oh, you need to put the training in. And they're like, no, 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 I want to come in, I want to do sparring. Okay, come in for sparring. So they come in for sparring and they literally get jabbed to the head and the whole demeanour changed. Like we just talked about it. It's like, yeah. <gasps> Yeah. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden, well, maybe, uh, you know, and you don't see him again anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. But that's, this is how it is now. Yeah. Have you ever had um, a time where someone's walked into the gym, yep. just one of these people, and they've walked in and then they've started training, you thought they've got what it takes? Like, do you, do you, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time yep. now. Do you see people and you can just tell straight away whether they've got Yeah. It? Yeah. Th this, it, you know what? Quite a lot you see it. Right. I mean, obviously, over time, you're going to really tell. But yeah. you see some people just got natural talent, yeah. you know. But for me, um, 
it's all good having the skills, etc., etc. But you just need that bit more, which you need to you need to be training all the time. Yeah. You know, like you said a bit earlier, you don't go out. I actually, I actually even had a thing once because we we were taking uh, two lads to Holland in January once. They were fighting like January fifteenth or something. And uh, I messaged them on Christmas Day and said, well, you've got to be running. Right. Well, the gym's closed. Oh, I'll be there Boxing Day, but I want to see you running. Yeah, I've been running. I went, do a video. And people were sending me messages. God, that's a bit harsh. It's Christmas Day. And I said, well, believe me, you need to train on these days. Yeah. You know. Your opponent will. Yeah, yeah. so, but that sometimes crushes people. Well, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's my nan's birthday. And I understand that. Don't get me wrong, I do understand that. Yeah. Cover story. Yeah, yeah. I know, but he's yeah. a bit, yeah. Yeah, but I've had it all myself. It's, yeah, it's I've true, missed though, birthdays, it's, I've missed yeah. holidays, I've missed this and that. If you want to achieve in this, you have to miss, you know, that's the difference. So, so you can tell from the first session, uh, first lesson if they're going to be good or not. It's not until you find out about the character whether they can do and be willing to put those, that Such time in. sacrifice, isn't it? Oh, it is, Massive. yeah. You have to want it. It's not... I'd imagine it's not like your coach can talk you into making these sacrifices. No. If you want it, you'll, I guess you'll just do it. Yeah. Right? I think where you're just alone in a ring at yeah. the end of it as well. Like It's not like playing, like you mentioned earlier, like a team sport. You can sort of hide or you can slip, a, yeah, slip yeah. out of yeah. focus and yeah. you can make a mistake and not, it not affect you. But if you, if you, it's, it's such a mental game as well, like fighting, that when you turn up, if you've done everything that it takes, I'm sure yeah, yeah. you're there and you it, it adds a level to your performance you're like I've done everything yeah well I couldn't have done more yeah. so I bring my best whereas if you if you've not trained I bet you in the back of your mind there's probably a little yeah, yeah. I mean creeping down, more, it's a real tough sport here. you know I've seen a lot of fighters over the years um and from other gyms um they've got dreams you know mm. and you know follow your dreams etc but for every Conor McGregor that's made life-changing money you know to be honest with you it's probably f- 50 million people behind him, but just as good as Conor McGregor in some ways of fighting, mm. but he's never going to get that chance. Yeah, such a ga- it's such a gamble. The fighting such a gamble. You, you can be one punch away from earning a lot of money, yeah. one punch away from getting knocked out yourself, and your, your career's not over, but it takes a big back step, you know? Yeah, particularly in MMA now as well. Yeah, UFC's crazy. Like, you know, they don't take many fighters that have got uh, losses on, on their record, not many. Yeah. And then once you're in UFC, a lot of People think they've made it. I mean, you've seen they've made it. It's not at all. Yeah. Unless you're just beginning. Yeah, right. And now you have to really win. And they, they try and get you to get the knockout or submission of the night, fight of the night to get more money. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes on. And on. Boxing's the same, you know. Mm. It strikes me that, I, that a very that small percentage of people in any of these combat sports actually earns a lot of money. Yeah, like, well, well like, you know, can afford to, to buy a house or mortgage to get a car. It's, it's hardly any, like. Yeah. It's uh, even go, even I feel guys a bit UFC, sort of skeptical of it, you know. I feel a little bit. It's it's really it's really difficult. It's it's so hard, to, you know. Every fighter that does well should be paid good money. There's no yeah. denying it. It's just not. I've seen some people super talents, super talents, just never, never quite got. They're just a bit unlucky sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet. And you know, just and I, I've heard some fighters. How comes he got an opportunity? Sometimes it's not what he knows who you know, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sometimes they got a good promoter. Um, Sometimes they've got the, the fight at the right time. So much to it. Yeah. And more than just training and actually fighting, you know. But it's like it's like it's like like, it's like gambling. You've got to be in it to win it, though, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. I think it looks as though that is getting better, though. Yeah, Do absolutely. Not, because there's more money to share around now. Well, the the boom of social media. Yeah. And you know, Mayweather, for example, and McGregor. 
they're tuned right into social media. They've probably got people doing it for them, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're tuned in every day, they're updating the state. They stay turn current. up, don't they, yeah. They're doing bits and bobs here and everywhere. Now people are starting to follow suit and go off on their own little paths. And like, I think if a sponsor, for example, comes in and they see they've got 100,000 followers, you've got more chance of, you know, getting a little bit of uh, sponsorship from them. Yeah. yeah. You Just know? hold up an energy drink. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. No, it's getting there. You know, you get yeah. Bellator as well. That they, they pay, from all accounts, pretty decent money. Yeah, they're doing well. Glory they? kickboxing yeah. as well is another one. Is that something you'd encourage you encourage your fighters to do? Then is to start like being active on social and like turning up. And Stay current, be yeah. active, um, keep yourself fit, fit as possible year round. Yeah. Because um, chance sometimes you get a phone call trying to find a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know. We had this with uh, Luke Whelan, who's from my gym. Had a phone call. He's, he's always wanted to fight in Japan. He's always wanted to fight in the K1. And uh, about two weeks, I had a phone call. Just, have you got a 70 kilo fight to fight in Japan? Called him up and said, Luke, do you want to do it? He went, yeah, 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 I'll do it. And he was training. He'd just fought a fight about a month, month before. He had an injury on his foot, but he was still training, keeping himself loose, you know. Got the phone call, and we took it. And he fought in an eight-man tournament. He lost on lost on points actually, but he's delighted. He fought, he fought yeah. in front of uh, fifteen thousand people in Japan. Yeah. Uh, big he always dream wanted of his. to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, so, and then they they loved him like over there. So hopefully um, he'll get another call for it. But these are the things that people remember. You yeah, know? got to so. keep opening those doors. You have. Yeah, got to keep knocking. How did the um, I want to talk about the Utrecht Elba thing as yep. well. How did that come about? Where, like, how did you get into that? So, um, Warren Brown, who was um, in the program Luther with Idris Elba, is his sidekick in it. Okay, I've forgotten right. what his, his, his name was in the program. Um, Idris had just or done a season of uh, called Idris No Limits. Right, it was on Discovery Channel, <coughs> and I, I don't know like if you remember. Racing thing yeah, motor yeah. racing, got on a plane, and you know, did all these sort of things. It was quite successful. So Discovery turned around and said, "Let's do something." Similar or some adrenaline buzz. What would you like to do? Um, he said, "Like to have a fight," and they went like, "Come on now, like, <laughs> let's calm down a bit." Yeah, yeah. What do you yeah, want to yeah, do? Yeah, <laughs> so, but he, he used to train you kickboxing. Skydive or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he used to train kickboxing before, and um, at a gym, you know, twenty years before he become an actor as such. Yeah. And he used to keep himself fit, and then when Warren was on a set with him doing Luther, Warren would hold pads for him. Right. The subject come up. He said, I want to have a fight. So Warren went, oh, are you sure? And like, you know, you know, you're becoming a big star now in the UK. You've, you've got these films and that coming up. Oh, I want to do it. I think I can do it. I think I've got the time to do it. So uh, Warren called me up and said, look, there's a possibility you could uh, coach uh, Idris to, to do uh, a fight. And I was like, nah, really? He wants to fight? Yeah. At the time, it was... He was going to start training in November and he was going to fight in March in Thailand. Right. <clears throat> so, um, Discovery agreed everything and we, we had a, uh, a talk with the, those guys in Discovery and the, and the production team that took it over. We had a talk that they were, and they were, they were, I was sending over schedules of what I'd have to do. And they said, right, well, he's clear. He's actually got nothing until March. Does the old DJ thing here and there. But he's got no films until March or April. Right. So we try and get him in the fight beforehand. And they were like... Right, what the plan is, is that you train him for three months. And I was like, three months? Yeah. And then uh, he's going to fight in Thailand. 
Are they serious? <laughs> so then I, I basically went onto YouTube, copy and pasted loads of these tie fights of elbows being thrown and stuff, sent it back, and they went, yeah, maybe not a tie fight, we'll take the elbows out. Let's just <laughs> say kickboxing. I said, fine. I said, but there's not many ties that are 90 odd kilos. It's going to mm. look silly. Yeah. It's going to be like five foot one and it just is six three. Yeah. Um, so we had all these sort of discussions, you know. Um, anyway, so we started training because we had to. We started training and he, he had like, um, he said he's got a bit of a bad back hit it from previous. So we did a few weeks training. He came in, did sessions at Double K. Um, the idea is still to fight in March at this Yeah, point. yeah, but right. it was that was still in discussion. Right. You know, what, you know, what was going to happen. He then got injured. So his back basically flared up and he went to the, the, the doctors, surgeons, and they said, uh, you're going to have to have back surgery. Right. It's from an old injury. Oh, he had an, an up, didn't he? he yeah, like yeah, but you see, but yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I the original it. plan yeah. was he was going to fight. So they said, it's off. The show's off. Completely off. I went, okay. You know, mm. these things happen. Um, then... So a lot of this didn't get filmed. Right. A lot of this did get filmed, but it wasn't on the program, sorry. Okay. They, about eight weeks later, they kept up with me every week, listen, he might still happen. He just wants to still do it. And I said, there's no chance he's going to come back with back injury and fight in March. Mm. It just called me out with Warren and said, give me the all clear. I can get back training, but I need extra time. So Discovery went, well, it's impossible. You've got... Um, South Africa, you've got Dark Tower. Then you've got Finding Dory or something. We had to fly off. Then you had Star Trek. And then uh, something else. I can't remember what something else he was doing. So they agreed for me to fly out. So I flew out to these countries and was basically on hand. Oh, Australia. Right. That was it. It was Thor. It was uh, Heimdall in Thor, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, okay, so, right. so I went to Australia. So I flew out to all these countries. And uh, trained him up. God, that so was rubbish right. for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the good thing so is... So he's working on the same film the whole time? or no, different, different films. Oh, different right. films. But see, here's, here's, here's where um, years of networking comes in. So South Africa, uh, I was like, well, I know Jim down there. Yeah. So we had uh, France Robofo, who was a famous yeah, boxer. He was pretty hardcore, that Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like, I knew his coach and that. So I said, make sure he goes to this gym. This is the best gym in the area. So while I wasn't there, you know, like... If I couldn't get there, okay, cetera, right, yeah. he'd be training, and I'd have my ear to the ground, and he'd call me up, and make sure he's training. So I that knew was that. the older coach, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it? it. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty savage. Ten fucking hard ones. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, um, and even when we went to Japan initially, um, again, his contacts through me. The yeah. gym's there, so it was really good. So I can conduct it. Yeah. The whole the whole program, aside from Cuba, all the places that we went to, all conducted about. Coaches on you and fighters on you. Yeah. So then I could really look after, make sure yeah. the training was done properly. So that's years of networking, that is, you know, right there. So when we went to Australia, we went to John Wayne Parr's gym, with another gym called Matrix Gym, um, there as well, with Peter Kent. And we, we went to these gyms, it was brilliant because no filming, we just went there, didn't tell anyone that's Idris Elba coming in, we did a big group session, I'd be helping him on the coach, I'd get some fighters in. Yeah. He wasn't allowed to spar though. Right. <laughs> As in, who says he's no, not he allowed did, to? No, oh, he did, but right. he wasn't allowed to. We can say it now, but he yeah. wasn't allowed to. So basically, who, who says he's not allowed to? Marvel yeah. Comics, right? <laughs> right. So right, they said, right, listen, right, he can't spy. He's got this this film up in case he walks he can train one day or pads. And uh, Idris in the back of the car said, "Listen, we are spy." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, because well, he knows he's got a fight, right? Well, he knows he's like, got a fight. Don't forget an amateur fight in between. And the amateur fight was a real big lesson for him about himself, right? Because sometimes when you train, yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this. 
doesn't always go to plan. Yeah. He had the amateur fight. He fought Goals, quite experienced, called Patrick, South African uh, dude, really good fighter. He did really well for a round, and then phew, all the steam went out. Yeah. Literally all the wind went out of his sails, you know. Yeah. And then Patrick started to pick him off, and Patrick's more experienced, so he learned that. He got put down Idris, but he got up, and that yeah. was a real sign for me. No, oh, he can do this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. After the fight, he was absolutely gutted, like right. devastated. Yeah. He brought all his friends, family, had a few celebrities there and stuff. It was only, it was in the, the uh, Repson. So, and I said, well, listen, that's your lesson there. Now you know about yourself, that you can take a shot, you can get up, but now you, you need to dedicate this. So you can't be going off DJ and you can't, I know you've got films coming up, but we have to train properly. Any given hour, you train. Yeah. And then after that, his level just went from literally to say out of 10, it went from like five or six to eight or nine. Yeah. Went to Australia, he was on me. Every day we were training, every day we were training, doing everything asked for, dieting properly. Yeah. Um, and you know, then it changed for him, you know? His mindset changed. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like being embarrassed in public. You Difficult, know, but, you yeah. know? Like, it, it, if you're a celebrity as such, or anything like he is, you know, like a movie star, there's a queue of people that want to beat him up. Yeah. yeah. They all want to be famous. This is how the world yeah, is. Of course, it's so yeah. ridiculous, you know. And it's he ridiculous. He's put up proper celebrity. Oh, he's mm. famous. You know, he's he was at the wedding, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was at the wedding just gone, you know. Yeah, yeah. was he? Yeah, yeah, he was there. So. He was DJing, I think. I wouldn't be surprised. I think, I think he was, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, no, so, asked me, but I couldn't make it. But my point is, there was a queue of people that wanted to, to fight him. A lot of pressure on, you know. Yeah, right. A lot of pressure for him. He's used to it. Listen, he's a, he's a stage performer. Yeah. yeah. He can, you can like that and he's ready to go. Fighting is very different because it's not like acting where it's controlled. This is it, you know. Yeah. That's the most nervous you've ever seen me as well. Really? <laughs> really? I was like, it was, Warren was obviously involved in the coaching as well. He was an assistant with me, giving me loads of advice because Warren's, Warren's the in-between. Warren's done acting. And he used, to be a, he used to be a world champion as well. Time oh, right, right. So he understands both fields. Okay. So I'm like, forget the film. He's training. He's got a fight coming up. Yeah. And Warren goes, well, hold on. He needs to do this film because obviously. But we need to find the balance. So Warren's the balance in between us, you know. Yeah. Um, but you never, I was, me and Warren were just sweating with nerves, you know. Really? And uh, because, you know, we've become friends as well. Yeah, yeah of course. We've become yeah. friends. You know, I went to his, his house in, in France. I stayed around his house in, uh, in London as well. And um, you met his family, cousins, all of that. So you be, and that naturally you get a bond. Like we just talked about earlier. Yeah. And when he went to the ring, but I don't know if you know about that. That fight was. We weren't allowed to tell anyone that Idris Elba was fighting. Right. In your call, D various different reasons. One was obviously security purposes and paparazzi, all of that. So, what I had to do is, that they gave me and a guy called Paul Hennessy. They said, right, it's free ticket event. You got to watch who you invite. So I invited loads of people from the gym. Paul Hennessy invited loads of people from the gym, and then Discovery did like you know they do like a every quarter of a year they do like a, a thing where everyone goes to a restaurant and yeah like a know. staff do yeah thing. staff do did a staff do said right we're gonna go watch your call watch some fighting only a few people off of, of Discovery knew right. but there was a couple of hundred people from Discovery Channel there so they said right we're gonna go your call watch a fight and then afterwards go for dinner and stuff and they all come down from Manchester the head office and stuff and there was loads of people that sort of got wind that there was fights going on with yeah. free tickets. So we advertised it online and it was sold out, like 1,600, it was sold out pretty quick. Yeah. And there was a couple of kickboxing fights beforehand that I'd organised, a couple of guys come over from Holland and a couple of hundred people knew that Idris was fighting, but a thousand people just thought that's bollocks. 
There's no way he's going to be fine. Yeah. I've heard his training. There's no chance he's going to be fine. As the show went on, it started to half the people in the crowd. Yeah. Hold on, he's fighting here. Yeah, and we weren't allowed to say anything. Oh, shit. We weren't allowed to. When he just had to come out the back and stuff like that. So when he come out, I've I'm even look. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, I've been out. I've commentated on stadiums, twenty four, twenty five thousand for kickboxing. I've, and I fought in front of four or five thousand max myself. Right. This was only they'd say fifteen hundred. Wherever it holds, um, Bethnal Green. I've never in my life seen a crowd like it. Really. The most electric crowd because it was a surprise. They didn't know. Yeah, just, yeah, they yeah, yeah. So the the commentator Peter Lowe, he just went, you know, blah 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 from Hackney, Idris Elba, and it was like, my God, the whole place went nuts. Well, because some of them were, they kind of had half an inkling. They went, out, and, yeah. and of course, people from my gym, yeah, had known that I'd been away from the gym six months a year. So they're like bastard Idris, you fucking took my coach away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some of the fighters, but. um they also know the effort and time I put into him yeah. for this. So there's a lot meant to me as well. I come at, oh, I kid you not, just the whole crowd just went crazy. It was, just, it was like Madonna was there and Nigel Ben was there and all of these people there. They were going crazy. And then when he got in the ring, oh, it was pretty cool for me. He had all double K on and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real mm. honour, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, I noticed another thing that was quite funny. My missus was there, bought a friend. So it's a lot of pressure on everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dripping with sweat. Ridiculous, right? <laughs> and then uh, he took his top off, and there's all the girls going woo in the crowd. I was like, you know, <laughs> I looked at one of a bastard, like, yeah, you know? right. so uh, he took his top off, and then, um, and then like, it was just this little silence, you know. Oh, he's fighting now. It's this happening, is, yeah. this is fucking real, like, you know, Shit. looking at Warren going, Jesus. And like, I was thinking, you know, the guy he fought, who got what we actually had discussions for a few months. I actually didn't want, I didn't want him to fight that guy. Right. And this is hand on heart. That was in truth. the documentary, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't Did want him to fight. Express concern. And we had, to, yeah, we had discussions um, because he had ten fights. You know, six wins, four losses. Yeah. His wins all by first round knockout, and his four losses were. It's really weird. It's like, it's like he didn't have much heart. It was like if he didn't knock you out, you'd go yeah, crazy. He'd give, <laughs> he'd give up. Right. So he said to me just the whole time, you have to weather this storm. You're gonna have to. He's gonna go nuts. He's gonna go crazy. He's ten years younger than you. Trained at a decent gym. Yeah. He's taking it seriously. Like you know, he's got a good coach. All the bits. And I was going, nah, like I, I wouldn't put a, a, I wouldn't put a fight with him with no fights in against someone who's had ten. Yeah. yeah. Like forget that, that was yeah, from the beginning. Just, yeah. But Discovery was saying, well, you can't put him against another novice because it's not part of the program. It's got to be against. It's like a no limits, you know. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, got to be virtually the, the impossible, deal. and he beats it. And to be honest with you, and I'm not just saying it because he is a, a friend as well. Idris is an achiever in life. Yeah. Mm. He is an absolute. Everything he does, he just like his production company is through the roof. You know, yeah. he's DJing, he's just going to gigs here, there, and everywhere around the world. Uh, he, you know, his movies have just gone crazy. He's just an achiever. Yeah. Everything he seems to do touches his gold. Yeah. You know, so they were going. He can do this and do this. Me and Warren were like, oh, because we're fighters. Warren was like, oh, I don't know. What do you yeah. think? Discovery, like, oh, come on, he can do it. He can do it and do it. His producer was going, come, he can do it. And I had a big sit down. I said, it's not happening. This really? fight is not happening. We're going to get someone else. And then, months before, five weeks before, in Australia, he started sparring like properly, a hard sparring, and just something like that clicked. And I called up Warren and said, "Listen." He can do this. He can do it. Nice. So I called up Warren. We did a little video thing. Warren was watching it as well. We made a little discussion. I felt a bit bad. It's all behind his back as well. Like you know. Right. 
So he said, was he? He wasn't aware that you were saying. He just turned around and said, "Whoever you get for me, I'll fight." Okay, right. So that's belief, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, so he it. wasn't aware that you was about no. to try and change the opponent. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, oh, he can do he it. He is now, yeah. He can <laughs> yeah, do it. But yeah. as he got closer, a couple of those people, maybe he can't do it. Maybe he can't do it, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, you know, you, what was actually a shame about the actual documentary is how they've screened the last fight. I'd like them to show the whole fight. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to show the whole fight because, you know, it was it was near the end of the round, of the first round. It's actually, it just got wobbled. Yeah. He got hit with the right hand and he stumbled back a bit. Um. Mm. And I bet he woke him up, like we talked about, so you get hit and you react differently. Yeah. And he started whacking in low kicks, whacking in low kicks. And then obviously he finished him with a knee and then a, a hook to the head. Yeah. And I, I feel maybe he could have got up, but I think he looked over at Idris and went, oh, I'm going to get swarmed. Yeah. Do you know? So that's how that part went. Day. But it was good. Yeah, and the reaction, right. of course, afterwards when he won, the release. Yeah, I bet. The release. <laughs> Do you know? Did you go out afterwards? Yeah, yeah, of course. But it, it's a really strange thing. Um, I don't know if you had this when you competed or not, uh, you know, last week. I, yeah. I don't know if you had this or not. But when, even when I used to fight or had fighters have gone and done very well, afterwards, I wanted to chill out a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's like you got this massive higher, you get this big adrenaline jump, uh, dump, and it's like, oh, there's nothing else now. Yeah, right. You know, I was just like, oh, what's next? Like, what's you know, next? Yeah. yeah, and I was just, uh, we, we went to his house, we went out to a bar, etc. but it was brilliant, like he won, you know. But just... Uh, it wasn't like a mega party that you could imagine. Yeah. So I think it I mean, Madonna so was much there, out that's celeb enough. Yeah. Was Madonna she? was there, yeah, yeah. Had a little chat with her. Did you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You? Yeah, Madonna was there, so she was she's a, she's a friend of Idris's and uh, around the same circle. It's a funny old match, isn't it? I don't know, I just wouldn't put them together. No, they're not yeah, together, right. are they? No, I know, but no. I wouldn't have, like, I wouldn't no, be passed. Oh, well. I just think in general, celebrities and so, it's like out of gym trades, you know? Like, you know, it's how things go. Like, you know, I suppose in those circles, I've got. They cross paths a lot. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? You He's know. pretty cool as well, isn't he? He is. Well, that yeah, that's, cool. that's it, pretty isn't cool it? Cool customer. Yeah. A DJ, a producer, an actor. You couldn't get more cool, could you? Yeah, and a yeah, fighter. Much, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, now we can <laughs> fight. fight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sake, mate. Well, oh, I know, yeah. At least he's got not the voice. six foot three as well. Yeah, yeah. stop it. Oh, got no. the voice. Stop this. <laughs> yeah. Got a real. Yeah. Too cool. So, yeah, so, yeah, basically, that's a lot about that documentary, but that is something in life that I can always say I've done. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. amazing. I, w I watched all of it. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, really yeah, I, I, I look back and even the people who produced it say, actually, we wish we did more episodes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, at, the start, at the start of the how they commissioned things, they said, right, we'll give you a three-hour slot you know, for three shows or wherever right. it is, or 45 minutes. Um, as it was going on, I think they did about 200 hours of footage. Right. You know, for three slots of 45 minutes, they'd wish they'd done more, looking back, because there are countries that we visited that weren't even on that. Right. I like the idea of that being like a regular series, just for your reference, that yeah. a well, celebrity gets trained up to be... Well, to the fight. problem is, we've had if discussions... anyone wants to make that. Well, no, we've had discussions since. Um, technically, it has been done. You had a flint off, didn't you? You had the boxing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot oh, about course, that. Ferdinand yeah. just got... Denied his boxing, didn't, didn't he? Yeah. Rejected. So it has been similar thing. I don't remember years ago. I think me and Gervais had a white collar boxing fight. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. This was one of its first of its kind. We actually saw all the training, went to all the countries. Yeah. The problem is, is a few things that we've discussed with. There's a, a massive chance that they'll have a spin-off from this. So that there is. In, oh, good. We're in talks now of a possibility of a spin-off. Yeah, however, how however it will fight. Yeah, however, however that will go, we don't know. Right. There are loads of different stories, but like I said, until you sign the dotted line, there's nothing yeah. confirmed. 
we did have a discussion about doing a series two with another actor, musician, celebrity. One, what celebrity's going to do it? Mm. It's hard. Yeah. He he just, he, you got to remember about Idris's, he wanted to do this. Yeah. He wanted to, he put his own production company online, so he put a lot of his own investment into it as well. What other, not many people are going to do that. Let, who's, who's as famous as Idris that will fight? There isn't anyone. So if you've got someone else who's like, I don't know, a local English star, yeah, it'd be great for Discovery in England, but this, this yeah. was sold worldwide in Australia, America. Got yeah. a good point. Do you see what I mean? It's very, very hard to, to reciprocate. How can you do that again? Yeah, it'd be hard to trump. Yeah, I think. it's hard to trump. It's, and it's going to be quite a similar story, isn't it? So yeah. what they're talking about is spin-offs, where he just gets involved in possibly the development of other, other students. Yeah. As, as, you know, his background then comes in and then... Oh, like disadvantage, like... Yes. Oh, I see. As a possibility. Good idea. So there's all different things going on. Yeah. Um, I just sit back and just wait, because uh, over years of experience, no doubt no, no, you two guys have, until you see the dotted line, until you sign it, um, then it's a goer. Yeah. I've heard loads of pipe dreams, etc. Until I see it, there's no point in getting yeah. excited about it, you know. Yeah, sure. So we'll see. But, the, you know, first and foremost is that we're mates still. We talk quite a lot. Yeah. So, um, Did yeah. Do you do any, any training at all? Yeah, he's still trained. But, yeah, actually, after the, um, after the event, uh, I think he did a couple of movies, but his knee actually gave way. Oh, right. It, it was going to, from the back leading on to it. So he, he just got over constructive surgery. He's only really just started to walk probably the last couple of months you know, with the bands and all of this and mm. rehab. So that's what he's doing at the moment. He just started to do some light training, so no doubt we'll see him soon. Yeah. What's his, what was his schedule like when he was filming? Is it proper full-on or does he get loads it's of time? When, when, I don't know, when you're like a kid and that and you dream of, oh, I'd love to be a Hollywood actor and all this stuff, I tell you what, it's not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. It's amazing, especially when you're at a level where he is at that time, is you get no time to yourself. Yeah. Oh, you just get bugged left, right and centre. Yeah. You just get bugged left, right and centre. Yeah. I mean, there's no respite at all, you know. And I'm not saying acting's a crazily hard job in any way at all. You can think of far worse jobs, of course. But again, it's a tiny percentage I actually have his chances, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. he's worked hard for it. But when I, w I was on set once, I just take, 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 come off, take, 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 do this, do that, do this, do this. I was like, 10 hours of this? Yeah. Boring. It's not yeah, what it's you think. It's the same you thing and blend, over and over. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And then um, they go off, and then, um, you know, they've got to remember all the lines, and he's an action star, he's all of that. And then he comes and trains with me. And then um, he does it again the next day. Yeah. And it, and it's not. And then literally, he gets a, a flight. He lands in another country. And I've got DJ. The DJ. Da, da, da. He flies another country. I've got a meeting, 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 meeting. Yep, flies to another country. Do this. I just don't stop. Yeah. It's nuts. And travel itself. Never complains though. That's what I like about him. Never ever complains. Nice. And his schedule was ridiculous. Like I said, ridiculous. Like you know, and he didn't hardly slept at all, and could just do it. That's what I said in Achiever, you know. Achiever, yeah. 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 Machine. Yeah, absolute machine. Absolutely. I just appreciate don't complain. It's yeah. when you start if I not in general, just when people start complaining, I'm just like, come on now. Like, I think that's a fight thing. And uh and I think even my short, I don't know, five years or whatever it was at Semtex, it does teach you that. Yeah. Because when you're hitting pads with your trainer, yeah. the second you start when they're like, fuck off, put your, put your guard up, like <laughs> yeah, dry your eyes, yeah, pedal. Shut up, get over yeah. it. The whole thing is poker face. 
Yeah. You know, poke, try not to give away too much. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's actually been sometimes in my life on sort of outside of the business is I've sometimes that's blended into other parts of my life. So sometimes I just can't show much emotion. Yeah. So I'm just like, when people say they're injured. Don't do sympathy. No, I don't. When people are injured in the gym, I go, just no, like, I don't mean to be like that. It's just how I am because I, I had the same to me, you know? Yeah. If you're complaining, it's a sign of a weakness. One one thing I've noticed from people who've, who've got experience fighting as well is that they don't, um, not just not whinging, but they find it harder to show and express any worry. Like, so uh, they're just not bothered about, like, you don't hear them whinging about little things or, like, you know, what, complaining about the weather or yeah. something they can't change. Like, and, and I quite like that about people. Well, yeah. Well the, well, the top level fighters, especially because all they're thinking about is fighting. Yeah. They don't have time to think of anything else. That is, that is top level athletes, you know. Yeah. In any sport, I think. They've got to just concentrate on that. They're very, very minded on that and that only, which is their goal, what their target is. Um, do you have, for, for your fighters now, do you do any kind of psychology with them? Like, do you practice any kind of um, every like fight mindfulness is different. Like well, every technique. fight is different. Yeah. Every fight is different. Some people, like I said, are, are just ready for war. Some people yeah. need a little bit of nurturing as such leading up to it. Every, every like, obviously every human is, but they're all different. Absolutely different. Some people have got rituals for the fight. You can't, if you get that ritual wrong, it can really throw them off. Yeah. All the way down to an entrance music. You know, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I've got one fighter, um, he, he used to like his hand wrapped, left hand first, left hand first, left hand but the right hand. Mm. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> how he put his t-shirt on, that's just how he was, but I knew that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and little things to throw him off. But yeah, again, it's what you learn over time. Uh, I think we were talking about earlier about mind coaching. Yeah, we? so yeah. Mind coaching is a relatively new thing. Yeah. A relatively new thing. Initially, I would say, surely that's the coach's job. Yeah. Surely it's the coach's job of looking after the fighter. They're going to know them from, especially if they've been training for many years together, they're going to know all their weaknesses and powers and you know what's right, what's wrong. But my coach, I think, I think it's come over from America a lot, with NFL maybe. You know, that comes from mind coaching. They've got a mind coach on their team. And now it's started to come into all of, yeah, Premier League, I think we've all got them, you know. Yeah. Psychologists, etc., just to study them and work with them. Um, but the, the only problem is, I think there are, you've got to be tried and tested in this sport. So if you've got a mind coach who's done, done it himself, right, yeah. then for me, that's fine. It's when they haven't, I think that's a bit strange to me. But if it works for you, it works for you. That's great. Just don't, as long as it doesn't get involved in the fight camp, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, anything extra is great. But here's the times I'll give yeah, you. Yeah, you can't yeah, don't replace get, that with yeah, something Don't replace um, a, a pad session with me with the mic. Oh, it's the same with like strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning has gone right through the roof, crazy through the roof. But strength and conditioning has really boomed over. Like I guess I think, I think it's from NFL. I'm sure of it. Yeah. The last five, ten years. But what you got to watch out for, yes, it's great. It makes you stronger, et cetera. It makes you relatively, gets you in good shape, makes you you know look good, feel good scenario. However, you get some people do fitness, strength and conditioning three times a week, which is too much for fighting, in my opinion. Yeah. I've always said to fighters, really once a week, the end of the week, because you, know, you get a rest day the next day. Because I used to get some guys used to come in, say, on a Wednesday, done strength and conditioning this morning, and then came in to do pads with me, and they're ruined. Yeah. They're absolute bodies in bits. I don't need that. I need them to learn the art of what, what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the week, I'd always say to people, do your strength and conditioning then, wherever it is, it's a bit different. 
get a massage as well and have a day off afterwards. One thing we've noticed in, in that industry, we have a lot of coaches here who are S&C coaches yeah, course, yeah. who do it for elite athletes. And the one thing that they've taught us is that the S&C work shouldn't be work that is to replace the technique work. So we don't, you, you see quite a lot of S&C coaches doing really sport specific drills where they've got the fighters like, like yeah. all taped up yeah. to different bands and then like they're trying yeah. to replicate the, the movement. Yeah. Yeah. S&C should be about improving these compound lifts and big like big movements rather than the intricacies of fighting which should be learnt doing fighting yeah of course. so so that that they should never be rep never no. ever be replaced I'll, I'll always like say is you do it you know that's fine but just like i said about mind coaching don't replace a session with it yeah. of the art of what you're learning I don't, I don't know much about other things like running and the athletes uh, uh, sort of athletics and you know all those it's only what I know is about fighting and my own experiences. But repetition, I, I tell you what, in, in the Western way, we get bored quick, especially I've noticed even more so. So mm. it sort of talks about sessions being quicker now. Yeah. You know, everyone wants a quick result, quick result. Yeah, yeah everyone's so time poor, but, aren't they? Exactly. But really, the best athletes give it time. Mm. You know, give it time. And some things are monotonous and boring. You know, like when you go to Thailand, you do the same thing in the morning, same thing in the afternoon, and it's boring. In the Western way, let's do something different to sort of, Spice up the training as yeah, such, mix it up. you know. However, I'll always go back to who are the best fighters in the world. Thai boxing, of course, ties. Mm. You got if you go into boxing, it's usually Mexicans, Eastern Europeans now. Um, and I look at their facilities; they've got nothing, and all they've got is pad work, sparring, running, yeah. a, a use of what they can. Skipping rope, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know the basics. So um, don't get wrong; that is changing. I, I went to Cuba when I was in Cuba. Went to this place, it was, it, it, I kid you not, I had nothing in there. Yeah. And they've got the best amateur team in the world, or mm. one of the best amateur teams in the world, because... Thai boxers or boxing? No, this is boxing. Right. Um, and Thailand, you know, I've been to loads of gyms, and the best fighters come out of these yeah. nothing gyms, you know. Mm. Because of this repetition, 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 repetition. But it seems to be their culture is, this is how you win. Yeah. It's our culture is, we want to get there quick. We want to get there quick, so we want to get as quick, you know, as... as fit and as strong as possible. So sometimes with S and C, well, going back to it, it's got, sometimes with S and C is, I think some people believe it too much and put too much S and C if you're fighting. And I've seen it, they look great, absolutely fantastic, but they don't know how to throw a punch. Yeah. So you've got to find a balance. Yeah. I think with fighters that have got to a certain level, then do it twice a week. Because then you've, you've learned how to fight. Now, you know, this just maintains you, especially in between fight camps is good. So you've done your fight, Stay in the gym, keep, do your S&C, because I do believe it does help with injuries, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but we're in a stage now of, um, I believe in training, at, at this year, 2018 is, we're just finding balance. You know, we talked about nutrition. Mm. It's starting to get, people are getting educated, but they're not quite there yet. It's getting there though. Yeah. Same with strength and conditioning in your body and science is now thrown into it. And obviously the fight sports. I think we're only, a few years away from actually finding the correct the training spot. program. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the Americans seem to be a couple of years ahead of us on, on that front. On S and C, especially. Yeah. But we got members; they're ahead because they've got gyms that are forty thousand square foot. Yeah. And they basically there's no rent on it. It's like let's get it for free. Got so much land, didn't mm. they? That's what you got a member. Um, and of course, their college and universities are ridiculous. Yeah, the gyms in the colleges are just. Yeah, yeah. Sports yeah. Oh, mate, they're amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but you know, you'd always say I've always said that the best fighters are 
in general, this is in general, is are from the poorer countries, aren't they? Yeah. You know, because they're hunger, hungry, you know. So yeah, particularly in boxing, then sort of spitting sawdust yeah, Mexicans. Yeah, as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Players now, they're, they're they're some of the best now, aren't they? You know, yeah. they're hungry. They want to achieve. Yeah. Um, the determination as well. I think in England, as a whole, is we don't really. I'm not saying we don't really, but we don't really have a lot of mega poor people as like you would in like you would in Africa and places like that. Yeah. You even see people now in council estates with with an iPad, with an iPhone. Yes, with the latest trainers jeans it, yeah. yeah it's different you know yeah. um it's very very different so the want is different because you can get all this now because these people from poorer countries they want that don't they so they're training hard for it yeah very different yeah. yeah it's a different level of um, poverty i think yeah it is yeah, yeah sure are you still um do, do you still train yourself not really no i mean i obviously like coaching and, and holding pads in in a, in a form is is a form of yeah. training but not like I don't have time to I've constantly like I've got no that's that's, a, that's wrong words to say because I'll get cursed for that what yeah. are you saying I've got time yeah. it's, <laughs> it's how dare you the priorities have changed right so now I've got the gym which I run I've got the franchise of gyms I've got three promotions that I run and obviously I've got family indoors as well yeah so you've got to find balance yeah so the priorities remember we talked about it, it was number one fighting it's not for me yeah it's everybody else's so it's just down on the list. Yeah. So, can I just ask you a couple of um, just quick questions about like what what the plan is now moving forward and, and business and so on? Because that's just an interest of mine as uh, as it is. Well, I like to like the thing is for me, I like to stay busy. Sometimes yeah. I, you know, I won't lie, I probably take on too much. Yeah. That's just me. It's just Join how club, I am. Yeah. 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 So, um, the gym's doing very well. Um, got sixty active fighters. And this is the gym based in Bromley? No, New Elton. New Elton. Yeah, so it's got 60 active fighters in boxing, MMA, Thai boxing, K1. Yeah. Um, all the way from amateur up to pro, you know, in the club level, you know, in-house level. Um, I've got a promotion called Muay Thai Grand Prix, which is been running for about four years now. I've got two other partners, Simon and Phil. We've branched out in, now into uh, Greece and Paris to Australia next year. We've got Birmingham later on this year. Uh, we went to Iraq as well. Um, yes, Baghdad. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so Love we did a show there last year, Baghdad. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> and then um, then I, s I set up a, a, a boxing, like a white collar boxing. Yeah. Because what happened is, like we talked about earlier, is fight sports before were just like young. People now, now you're getting people in their 40s and 50s turning up to just want to have a tear up, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, the white collars come along, you know. And yeah. at first, I said, like, Come on, it's ridiculous, but now I've sort of gone, Oh, you know what? I get it now, I understand yeah. it. So, it is for people that don't have the time to commit full time and they can only get to the gym twice a week, but it's against someone else who's for, yeah, who's only trained twice a week. And it's more the white collars, more the experience. What I like about it is, is we just do a couple of classes a week, they all compete against each other. They raise money for charity. Yeah. And it's and it's a good laugh. Do you know what yeah. I mean? The whole gym come together. And we have a right... Of all the shows I do, they're, they're, they're just a good laugh. There's no pressure to sell tickets. There's no pressure on this. Yeah. So you do, you do... Actually doing those now? Like yeah. So people WCCB. can get involved in Yeah, so we do. We've got next one, July 6th, which is at the Indigo. It's Friday night. It's the night before the uh, Muay Thai Grand Prix. So we're doing that. We usually have about 12, 15 bouts. Try not to do too many. Only a three-hour show. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's that. So obviously you've got the Muay Thai show, which is involved in K1 as well. Yeah. You've got the boxing. And uh, recently, last year, 
um, took a, a role on as head of operations for MTK MMA. So MTK Global, a boxing brand. They manage uh, Tyson Fury, Billy Joe. I think they've got about 150 boxers now. Um, they've been a boxing brand for about four or five years. When you say they manage them, yes. how does that work? As a, as a well, a manager is basically that they, they get them the fights, um, they sort their training camps out, okay. sponsorships, the whole package like that. Right. Every fight's got different deals, of course. Yeah. You know? um, they'll yeah. be involved with actually matching them up with yep. another opponent. A lot of the time, well. yeah. Or, or the promoter will come and say, is the matches, what do you think? You know, okay, that's yeah. how that goes. Um, and with boxing as well, with the, it's a, of all the sports, boxing is still the number one of yeah. all combat sports, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, so they wanted to branch into MMA. So they got the head office in Dubai, so I had a meeting over there, and they said, look, we want to branch into MMA. I was like, really? They went, yeah, we want to sign this guy called Darren Till, who's fighting next week at UFC Liverpool. And I was like, they went, what do you know about Darren Till? And I said, well, he had about 21 tie boxing fights because he was a tie boxer before. I'm from Liverpool, went to Brazil, I think he's 12 and 0 in Brazil. Just, I think he just fought Donald Cerrone. Yeah. And they went, we want, we're going to sign him. And I was like, why would, why would he sign for you? Because he's already in UFC. Yeah. But they've signed him for a face for the, for MTK. You know, that's right. like this. This is us making a mark. I was, I was like, cool. Yeah, go and sign him then. And then they came back and said, do you want to run shows for us for MTK MMA? My r real role is is to set up teams. So I was set up team in Liverpool, get the squad together, and oversee their work. Same in Newcastle, and in London, we did our first event last week. Um, put a team together, eventually branch into Europe. And yeah. just what I do is basically oversee everybody, make sure it's done correctly and to the formula of how we want it. So we did our first show last week. Um, got another show in Liverpool June 30th, then Newcastle July 21st. So we're putting, to, putting it when together. When you say put, quite put together a team, do you mean a team of like staff to yes. run it? Right, yes. right, okay. Not so you'd have a matchmaker, you'd have yeah. a person who can do the running and officials, check on the gloves, all of this. Yeah. Another person does your social media. Um, you've got another person who will do logistics, booking hotels, flights if necessary. Yeah. And obviously on the day, checking the weights, doing the cash flow. What about the actual stuff. events themselves? How does that run? Is that Do you source that out or is that something that you get involved in as well? I get involved in, yeah. Right. So, you booking, know, booking down to the live stream. Yeah, yeah, down to production, live stream, booking, the, you know, the cage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's lot, lots of things to do in it. Yeah, right. You go to a show... Especially, I mean, I've nearly done 50 events now, but when you go to a show initially, you only just see what's in front of you. Loads of people, not all the time, some, some shows don't do too well. Loads of people, a ring or a cage and fights, and you think, this is easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's well easy. Yeah. I've actually had it, I won't say the guy's name, but he comes to a show and says, yeah, you must be making a fortune from the shows. I said, I'll tell you what, because he works on accounts, etc. I said, I'll tell you what, come do my accounts for my next show. Mm. And yeah, 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 turned up. I said, right, all fighters go in there, this is where the room is after your fight, you go and get paid there, and you know, all the commissions, insurance, uh, judges, uh, um, ambulance, doctors, they all go in there after the event and get paid. He come out sweating. And I said, I told you tonight. I said, it's not what you think. There's yeah. so much more outgoings than you, than you think. I, said, I didn't realise. I said, I told you. What do you mean they go in there and get paid? Oh, so after you, after you compete, yeah. you, go and get your, you go and get what you're getting paid for. See what I mean? Right, okay. So you go into a room and then you you, you sign a document that this is what you're getting paid for the fight. Right, right, and that's okay. It, yeah. So you're, you're not like just handing out piles of cash to no, a big no. queue coming in. No, no, room, no. Right. Yeah, so just you get signed, you sign off after, straight yeah. after your fight, you get get, yeah. to, get your money. Well, because right, okay. I assume the fighters are getting paid different amounts. Yeah, of course. How yeah. good they are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, there's lots of 
to do a show takes time, but you need to build a team. When I first started doing shows, I did it with actually me and my brother Sean. Just me and him, we did a very small show, 300 people, quite easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I started doing shows practically on my own. Sean had a full-time job he did at the time. And then you think, I could do it all. Because if I do it all, it means I get all the money. All the money, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a mistake that was. <laughs> and then you get a phone, you hate your name. Kieran, 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 Kieran. Oh. And then like, if the show fails, of course, it comes out of your own pocket, you know. So these things happened early on. Yeah. And then so I've do been you have to front Yeah, everything. of course, of course. Right. So eventually I brought in people that I could trust, which you learn over time who's who. And then they come in they, and they've been law with me ever since. Yeah. So, and I'm still learning. Yeah, even yeah, the right. shows, you know, the show we did, the MMA show we did last week, I'm still learning from that, you know. Yeah. It's a new new sort of aspect, Thai boxers and MMA fighters. Although you're performing, they are completely different people, you know. So, so did they, you, you had MMA fights and Thai fights on the same bill? No, nope, just MMA fights. Oh, right, okay. There's an MMA only show. How'd it go? Good, yeah, we did a live stream as well for IFL TV, which is Coogan. Um, so that was pretty decent. I think we had 25,000 views, which is not bad for our first one. Yeah. Um, and um, a lot of his, most of it was all London fights. Had a couple of, I think fights from Manchester come down, etc. Cool. But in all, the show was good. Um, review afterwards was decent. Good, good um, comments good from people. Good feedback, yeah. Good feedback, yeah. And it'll only grow. Yeah. But I'm sort of holding it back at the moment. It can be really big that can, but I just want to hold it back for the moment, just because I don't want to make big mistakes. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to just grow slow. Slowly, and I think a couple of years it's going to be very, very. Going to hear about it more. What what's the what's the end game for it? Like, what's the, have you got like a long term vision for, for which for, one? MTK. Well, I guess for your like the, the double K brand in. Well, double K brand is. Um, well, but all of it. I well, mean. they've each got their own goals, you know. Yeah. Um, but my my thing is, I just I just like to be successful, mm. and I'll try you my hardest a good to job be that, successful. Mate. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just trying to be successful. That's all I want to be. I've never, like, like I said, I've never fussed about flash stuff, like mm. big houses and stuff for myself. I just want to be successful. It's all I want to do. I want to try hard, as hard as I possibly can. But what I do like is I like people around me to be successful. Yeah. So it's not just about me. So, for example, when on the Idris show, I made sure uh, Luke Jamie Whelan come with me and experience part of it. Charlie was part of it. I saw well. that you had a couple of yeah. them. On the, yeah. yeah that's, yeah. It shouldn't shun people out and monopolise. You should get people involved with you. So if I'm successful, I, want, I like I like seeing people successful like around me too. Come along for the ride. Yeah, it's positive, and that's yeah. what you yeah. want. You want positive energy around you. Yeah, Anyone negative around me just gets you down, doesn't it? Yeah. I want everyone around me to do well. Mm. So it's the same with all the brands. Is they grow and people around me um, get you know feel the, the buzz as well. Yeah. And Builds we'll a bit get of involved together. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's me all over. That's what I've always, even when I was fighting, I've never ever talked about money. Yeah. It's just to talk to Alan, I'm not fussed. I'll fight him, I want to fight him. And it's sometimes like, I fought in Morocco. Yeah, I always wanted to fight in Morocco. I didn't even know how much I was getting paid. <laughs> just wanted to fight in Morocco. Blind him, isn't it? Just to fight in Morocco. Uh, Brilliant. You don't know you're fighting, though. No, no I thought so. I just, <laughs> I fight just Morocco. Because for me, is I look back in life and say, I fought in that country, I fought here, I fought there. there, there, there. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's just what a cool story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think also... The fight career, how I did it, I did sort of things in reverse. I was thinking about fighting to build up a CV to set up my own gym and eventually do my own thing as such. Were well, you thinking that early on, was you? 
Yeah. You always had that always. in your head that you wanted always to do. Always had it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I try to tell a lot of fighters to think like that now. Not all of them think like that. Not, not all of them are going to open up gyms and yeah. some are, some aren't. They do yeah. their own thing. But I always say to them, if you think about it, but the thing is with me is I'll actually help them. Yeah. A lot of other gym owners won't. As I always say, listen, if you do set up your own gym, tell me what it is. I can help you with everything possible, like down to like a business plan to open up a gym, how you can get cheaper equipment. Yeah. Um, down to advertising, you know, all those little bits. I'll, listen, if you can't stop people doing what they want to no, do. No, true. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll help them. Yeah. With the um, like the the double K gyms, you said you mentioned that you f you're franchising it. Yeah, so I've got the main it. gym, which is a new open now. Um, it's only a small gym, like you know, but it's a real. It's more of a fighters gym. It's what I like to do. Yeah, just keep, uh, best of keeping it that way. It's absolute nightmare. Well, it? listen, I had a gym in Bromley yeah. before that, and the problem is, I'll, I'll say it. Big gym, and you're definitely going to agree with this, big gym, big problems. Always. Yep. If you have a small gym, you can control everything. Mm. A hell of a lot easier. A hell of a lot easier. I've had big gyms, and, and you know, it, it can be tough. You know, because although like people come in at the night time, you definitely can agree with this, people come in at the night time, your gym's packed. Mm. You must be doing well. They're forgetting about Tuesday afternoon when there's someone in. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the lighting's still on, the water's being used, you know, all of this. Yeah, mounts, in, in the same way you mentioned earlier about people saying, oh, this must make loads of money. No one, yeah. no one, no one knows. might see the amount of money someone pays for a session. And, and the risk, not, yeah, and the, the risk you yeah. took, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, but the franchise is basically, they've got a couple of loyal students who live in, one lives in Hastings, one lives in Brixton, and they're like, listen, I'll, I'll teach you another gym. Can I take your name? Yeah, of course, mm. go for it. You know, again, helping them push yeah. their brand out. There's one over in Essex, it's Basildon which is full-time gym, which is Evan Jay's, and his dad, Simon, who's my business partner for a couple of the shows. Yeah. Um, they set up a gym over there. It's a full-time gym in a gym, so it's like a gym like this, but it's got another section in it, which is a yeah. fight gym only. Um, and then there's one in Swanley. Again, three of them are just three nights a week in a gym. Yeah. The other one's full-time, and of course, mine's full-time. Yeah. So just building brand. The, event, the eventual thing is, is to have fighters out of each gym, do seminars where everybody comes together. Yeah. yeah. You could start doing shows. It takes time, this. You know, all the fighters, they start building up their own fighters and eventually you do a show where everybody's fighting at Double K versus other gyms. And, yeah. And that's how you build, you know, I think. I think yeah, you're right. Definitely. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like that model. It's a lot easier to manage. Yeah. And a lot less barriers yeah. to entry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that works. Franchise. Yeah. Just if it's done right. But I think well, I think also once you've done it once, it's very easy to... Listen, I've had, you know, yeah. no doubt you have, no doubt you have. We've all had failures, haven't we? Yeah. I've been on my ass loads of times, you yeah. know. How am I going to get out of this one? Yeah. Um, but I think if you just drive to be successful and have the right people around you, everything else will fall in place. Yeah. Still yeah. going to face hurdles, but. Yeah. Talking you know. of, did you say you started a bar earlier? Yes. <laughs> what a mistake that was. <laughs> but what a good mistake. <laughs> yeah, right, absolutely. No, no such I, thing as a bad one, right? As, a, a, as yeah, a kid, right. as a kid, like. Um, I'd always had this dream about opening up a bar yeah. with a few friends of mine. Yeah. And then, um, like uh, like anyone in a career, I got to about, I come back from Thailand and I remember thinking, what else is there? Can I do something else? And not being egotistical in any way at all, I was quite popular, like, you know. Yeah. It, you know, so I thought, I'm gonna open another bar, I'm gonna go at this thing. Yeah. And um, I just took, took a little step back from fighting regularly um, I had some money savings and that, and then I saw this plot in Greenwich, fell in love with the place, I got a few other partners in. It actually 
this is how unlucky this was. So it was going to be a plot, and it was going to be called, it was Woodwolf, and it was going to be a long Greenwich River, and we were going to be the first business to open. But six months after, I can't remember the exact numbers, it was going to be like a thousand new flats were going to open. There was going to be a brand new shopping mall. There was going to be a bar on the front, and it was going to be a, a pier for ships to come in mm. right outside this bar. I said, listen, guys, we invest in this. We build it up. It's going to be a bit tough for six months. And then when all these businesses, because they're building currently, we're the start of the walkway. We're the, you get on this walkway, we are the first bar. Yeah. We're brilliant. Right? Then a recession hit. Right? As if you remember, 2008, 2009, a recession hit, or 2010, something like that. Yeah, yeah 2008. Boom. Right? We'd, a, we'd applied for a loan from the bank. Right. And it got, got rejected. But we're halfway through building. Newspapers came to us. The new build, the whole thing. Oh yeah, oh, right. Shit. So the new builds next. I can't remember the name of the company next door to us. That were building all these massive plots of land to stop. They were, all the workers walked off site. We're like, we are sitting in the middle of nowhere. You know, our building was halfway through. <laughs> we're like, Jesus. We had to. Did you put your own dough into it? Yeah, we had to put my own dough in it. We, the, funny enough, we went to the press about it because we actually got agreed. Uh, the loan from the bank because of the recession there, the bank gave us the money. Right. So we actually took them to court and they paid us. Oh, really? Yeah, three months, six months later. But the problem is, while that building was there in Greenwich, that was still getting bills, wasn't it? Yeah. So the money we got in basically paid off. But we yeah. built this, yeah. we built this, this bar. It wasn't nowhere near ready. A beautiful bar, by the way. River bar, it was called Beautiful Bar, right overlooking the river. And then we thought, well, let's just hang it out. We're in now. Let's just do it. Yeah. Um, we did a few nights, got absolutely rammed. Oli Mers there. What night that was, you know? Yeah. Like it was a buy old about six hundred. We sold them all in about ten minutes. But this was, if no, it's two thousand, say nine or ten. I can't remember when he. It was a. It was a. He got voted out on the Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is, and we were the first ever person, people in the UK to have him live. Oh really? So that's what we used to do, X Factor things, and it, the bar was getting busy. So we had Ollie Mers in. He creamed the place. It was ridiculous, and it was a buzzing night, you know. At those times, it was. Instead of going to ticket online, we were sending people out on mopeds to sell the tickets. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. It was yeah, a nutty market. time, a real nutty time, but we were hustling, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then um yeah, Ollie Merce come down with a few other guys. So were you and your partners like in there working behind the yeah, bar? Yeah, yeah, behind all, the bar. We'll get staff in and we'll find yeah, the yeah. stages and um and I say, look, they look, they look the bollocks. He really did. Yeah. And then um we had loads of complaints, right? Like the sound wasn't the sound, all this sound that we paid for was still going through the walls because there was people above us. Oh, right. It's got this extra sound in. And then we had the council come in. And then we had a, a local neighbour that wasn't even near us. I say, I say local. <laughs> so she busy, was in yeah. the area. Yeah. She just had, she hated us. Yeah. Absolutely hated us. One person with stuff like that can make a massive... Absolutely. So upright. I couldn't believe it. She basically got all the people in the area getting to sign letters and stuff. And then sent it to us and it was like that... <laughs> it was like that and I was going through all these letters going I can't believe it you know they just basically signed petitions right. to change because I I went in there to say we're going to be a bar restaurant eventually but because we'd run out of money we couldn't open up the, the, the restaurant that right. part of us we had to just be a bar get some money in mm. then build the but they didn't believe us they just yeah. thought you're opening up a club but we only had the licence till midnight but you would apply for the temporary event licences you know oh, right, to open okay. up just once a week or once a month even yeah anyway um, because the walkway was just us and it wasn't the bars next to us, we turned it into a restaurant, but it was never the same after that. Yeah. Because if you go to a restaurant and it's a nice restaurant, it was brilliant food, a good chef, everything like that, you're only really going to go 
once once a month, two months. Yeah, yeah. tops. I'll go to another restaurant. You know, da, da, da. but when you have a, like, a bar that's pretty trendy, you might go a bit more regularly. Yeah, you know. So it just dived. So we had to basically just get rid of it. Yeah. But as much as a stressful time it was, I had a real good time when we were open, you know, like the yeah. nights and building it and getting events going. It's a real buzz. I love events, you know. Yeah. yeah. Real buzz about it. The hours were crazy. I literally sleep in two, three hours a time, Yeah. you know, to get this, this thing up and running. And the idea and the dream was coming with reality. But actually, when it all folded, um, even though we lost a ridiculous amount of money, et cetera, et cetera, the pressure of my shoulders was unexplainable. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, thank God it's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got yeah. no money now. Yeah. But, you know. What a learning curve, though. What a learning curve. I learned so much about people, how you do business, yeah. how events are run, uh, things are going to happen on the night. Yeah. To even, uh, I'll bring it now on to the shows I do. Yeah. Contacts, even. Yeah. You know? No, I bet. But I think you do need failures to, to be successful. 100%. You know? What you learn from them is so much more. And I wasn't given this else. either. I was literally that was, uh, that was crazy. Like I was going, and I was going up to like proper top meetings in, in um to, to obviously do the ar architectural designs etc. All these top architects etc. And I'd just come out of Semtex gym, I'd turn, put put a suit on, go up to London. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> have this meeting. Oh yeah, I'm right now. And then go afterwards and then put the put the uh, uh, Semtex gear on and go right. Fuck it, give me pressure yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. All different, you know. <laughs> I was just try half blagging it to do it, yeah, but um, yeah. it worked. I think you've always got to do that. I think the key is to fail forward, I think, and to say every time you do make some kind of failure like that, yes. it's taking something from it and just move forward. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Semtex. I'm sorry, go on, Rick. You're talking of um, moving away now, right? Absolutely. So I don't know if you know this, actually, or not. So um, um, many years ago, a few years ago, should I say, um, Charlie Peters bought in Canada. My uncle is in Calgary. My uncle lives in Calgary, and uh, not to be beheaded anywhere at all. Through the job, I've, I've managed to see a lot of countries. I think about fifty odd countries. You know, really, something crazy. Um, been some fantastic places, um, but Calgary or Canada was one of those places. I just went. This place is amazing. Relaxed, good pace. Um, by another major coincidence, where Charlie was fighting is my uncle lived 10 minutes down the road. He'd been there 50 years. He's in his 70s now. There's a gym very nearby. The guy that owns the gym, I, used to, I was in Thailand with him 10 years prior, a council mitt gym. He was there in and out. He did a big stint there for six months. We became friends and you know nowadays, instead of pen pals, you're just on the phones. Yeah. And, How's things going? So we come over. I just, I just said to him, Landis, I love this place. And he said, well, if you ever want to work here, let me know. You come over here, it'd be amazing. Yeah. So I thought about it, you know. Um, I thought about all different places. Los Angeles I quite like. Mm. A bit too busy for me, though. You know, I thought a few other places. Um, you just had a bug to move. I had a bug. I've always, as away. a kid, actually, like, like cause I lived in Thailand and stuff like that. I've always been one of these guys, Yeah, you know. Um, oh, I'm a traveller. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been one of these these guys that have. No, I don't settle. I just, I just conceived other possibilities. Yeah, always. But, but I just love this place, yeah. I, and I've, I bored my wife of it. Just thought, oh, it's got the great place, amazing. It's got this and that, and this and that, this and that, this and that. So we went over. I went over for a holiday, for three and a half weeks. Meet, meet my uncle and travel around a bit, and meet the, the guy that owns the gym. His name's Francois Duval. He owns a gym called Elite. Right. 
So before we went, he said, well, what I'll do is I'll process your paperwork because it's going to take time. But if you decide not to do it, we can just say no anyway. So he, he started processing paperwork before I went. I went over there. We were there a couple of days, um, jet lag, etc. you know, I've got the kids with me and stuff. And it was all right, you know. Um, I mean, I, I love the place anyway, but, uh, you know, wife and kids, oh, it's all right. It's yeah. all right. I don't know what's yeah, yeah. going on about. But, but we, had this, we had this, we hired this, this big motor, a massive motor, loved it. And I went to go and see my friend. And he lives out, out of sticks a little bit. And it's, even for me as well, I just went. Is Calgary wow. itself quite built up? Mm, the centre? Yeah. The centre, yeah. It's quite a, a lazy town, I call it, you know, like yeah. a little laid back town. But it's relatively busy, not, not like we're used to busy, like London, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but as soon as you go 20 minutes out, I suppose it's like here when you come out to Kent, it's a hell of a lot slower pace. Yeah. yeah. This is no, it's just fast pace compared to them. Yeah. You know? But we went to this little suburbs outside and we just went, wow. Stunning scenery. And Stunning scenery. Lakes, wildlife, wild horses. We saw wolves. Um, didn't see bears. So I knew you were going to say that. Um, so all this wildlife, and then we went to this, this literally uh, up the up the mountains. So what actually happened is, is five or six years before all of this, I had this. I went to Big Bear, which is a place in Los Angeles. A lot of people link it to uh, fight camps and gyms there. They've got a few gyms there, Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. Tito Ortiz. Chuck Liddell, uh, I think he's the... Chuck Liddell, you're right. Yeah. Um, Gennady Golovkin as well, he, his trainer's got a gym there. There's a few, and anyway, I went up there, fell in love with the area. It's a big lake, all these big houses. It's just a beautiful place. The, the altitude's a big point, isn't altitude, it? Altitude, 4,000 feet altitude, up, yeah. right. And then we went to this little gym, and I forgot the name of it, and I walked in there, and I'm... Big gyms like this one, they're amazing, this gym, yeah? Mm. Really amazing. Well, I, I love the little gritty gyms because that's the fight gyms. Yeah, yeah. So I went in there and went, yeah, I love this gym. It was, they put the heating on so it was boiling hot. <laughs> they had this, they had a little ring in the corner, a few worn bags. I forgot the name of the boxer that we met there. I, I can't remember, it was WBA World Champion. I can't remember who, who it was. It, it's just the atmosphere, the smell, everything. I was like, oh, it's amazing, this. Yeah. Anyway, the guy who owned it was some 80-odd-year-old guy, you know, super fit. And he was like, yeah, well, you, you do all these running things and... I'll prepare that. And what it is, the fighters come over and they stay on camp and they stay in my accommodation. I was like, oh, where's that? And I looked behind, it's got a house behind. And he just told me, I, anyway, so I thought, imagine that. But when I was in, when I went with uh, Charlie originally, I had that idea then. Right. I'd like to do that one day. But I'd like to find a country that can do it. And I went to Calgary initially. I spoke to Francois about it. Mm. And then the idea bloomed from, and we started getting ideas of each other. Fast forward a few years on, I started going up to the mountains and I went, this is the place where we can do it. This is the place where we can do it. So my ultimate goal is I'm going to be working for Elite, Francois Elite Gym there. My ultimate goal in time is to have a, is a, a, a active retreat gym. I won't just offer it just to, to fighters. Yeah. I want a place where athletes can come and you've got all the facilities around it. Yeah. You've got, 20 minutes down the road, you've got Banff, which is a world-famous ski resort, Canmore as well. You've got three and a half, in this area, you've got three and a half thousand biking and walking trails, which could be for running too. Yeah. You've got waterfalls, you've got kayaking, mountain climbing, whitewater rafting. Um, 20 minutes down the road, you've got one of North America's biggest paintball areas. 
Right. So now I'm thinking, hold on a second, if I find a plot of land here and build something, this could be an active retreat. You know, yeah. I could mm. call someone like yourself and say, listen, bring over 10 people. Yeah. It's like a week holiday. And you, every day you do something different, but there'll be a gym on yeah, the site as well. Retreat, yeah. 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 But I'd also offer it, because my passion is fighting, of course. Yeah. So I'd yeah. offer it to boxers come up, could come yeah. over now, stay with us for four, five, six weeks for like a big camp. event, yeah. like a fight camp. They bring their training camps over, stay on site. Well, well, you know, that'd be brilliant. So that's my eventual plan. That sounds amazing. And I will do it. Yeah. I will do it. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I'll nice. do it. So that is the eventual plan. I, I think I think there's a big market for it now. I've seen a lot of um, places in Portugal and Spain recently. It's our side of things. Yeah, we've, 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 done, we've actually been on one. Right, where did yeah. you go? So we, we did one in, um, in Spain, in Sota Grande. Okay. Um, so we like, hosted it. Like logistically, yeah. obviously that's a hell of a lot easier than Canada. However, there's, I just there's think loads of people. There's loads, loads of it's yeah. popular now. I mean, that's essentially what Tiger Muay Thai it is. is. Yeah. Uh, uh, not is. not to the same degree, but that's people. That's what people go there for. It's, it's a big thing at the moment. You know, fitness. Yeah. The fitness trade has just boomed ridiculously. Yeah. You know, with you're pubs. going on holidays with it as well. Is yeah, like abs- abs- that's, and that's, that's, that's the next thing. Hot, you know, pubs and clubs, and especially in England, I think sixty percent. I don't know if you know this. Sixty yeah. percent of pubs, clubs, and bars are closed. In England, we've talked over about the last ten years. Yeah. the generations below us yeah. aren't, aren't getting ten smashed out of the minds. Like no, they're not. They're not. You it's know, not cool smoking. Anymore. Yeah, smoking's not. You know, it's basically banned everywhere. Yeah. Um, and the big, the big word is selfie. Self-image is what it means. It's a huge, one of the most used words probably in modern history. Surely, yeah. Yeah. hashtag selfie. <laughs> How many people are doing it? Boom. Yeah. And it yourself I can't. I, I can't do it. Jesus, I, I just I look. I just, I just put just old look, pictures up. Right? Just look yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my point is, so people are self-conscious, but men are self-conscious yeah. now yeah. as well. Yeah. So you're seeing a big boom in this, and then you know, I so said there's gyms everywhere here now. People instead of going on holiday and getting drinking and getting pissed, you know, like yeah, I used to do like that. Like my parents used to do wellness retreat. Yeah. And now they're going, well, well, I want to go away and actually come back and literally. Be in good shape for my holidays. Yeah. So changed, like the yeah. attitude. Before, yeah. when we were younger, to get fifty holiday, get pissed get smashed, for two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come home wrecked. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh fuck. Have bad dreams for a week. You know. So. <laughs> but how it has changed. Isn't yeah. It? You know. A panic so. attack on the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? That Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I so think you're yeah. right. I've, I mean, we've discussed this before, and like we've looked into variations of that. There's just a massive market for it. It's huge market. So yeah. So that's the eventual plan is, and uh, there's nothing. Well, you know, it's around the Rockies anyway. It's so much to the eye to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, when, so you, you, you actually, you mentioned about getting having your paperwork done. You actually going like, like there? So the work soon. visa's done. Work permit's done. Right. Um, my visa's done. I'm just waiting for the family one next. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. they can't come. Yeah. <laughs> so family no, one next. But the hard bit's done. Hard bit's done. The system, like, not easy. It's not easy country no. to get into. It took about nine months just for the work permit. And then afterwards, um, it's now the visas. I've got mine. They take it. But you, you can't do It's really weird, like the system is. I have to apply for mine. Then the family comes afterwards. As a bolt, you can't do it together. So you get approved. Well, okay, that's fine now. Your family come in. Right. right. What are they doing? Are they working, not working? You know, so it, it goes from I there. I guess that's to do with like, what your, your work, what you're going to be Yeah, it's working. And they ask everything, you know, which is fine. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that, you know. That's, that's absolutely fine. You're an yeah. open book. I've got nothing to hide, so there you go. Yeah. So you have to do one day a week, you say, at this... No, 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 no. Um, I'll be there like, five days a week at elite, at elite Gym. Oh, okay, right. Um, I have to, obviously, in a contract, I have to do the hours that are given to me. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, I suppose a state, state 
City of Albert and Laura spoke. And yeah, they offer personal lessons as well. Yeah. Um, his gym's really nice. Really, really nice gym. So like a, just outside of Calgary, people of people of Calgary, people of Cal- Calgary and Canada in general are really nice anyway. Yeah. Very laid back, chilled. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got a good few fighters as well. So I'm still involved in that side of things, which is which is I'm really grateful to him actually. To be fair, he's done him and his wife Betty have done an amazing job of. Um, doing all the paperwork behind the scenes and the process, you know, because yeah. I'm a nightmare filling forms. I've had to do it, don't get me wrong, but I'm yeah. like, oh. pretty dull, right? So right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so a few months, a few months. How exciting. Yeah. That's meant to us a massive, it's massive a life move. change, right? Yes. As a family game. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you going to do with the gym? Well, so the gym, how it stands is um, the, the boys that have been loyal to me, which is Luke, Jamie, Charlie, um, Ricky Jack Evan they're going to run it as a team I'm right. still going to because look I've, I've got to be realistic it's after six months year two years I might say this isn't for me yeah, come yeah, back yeah. so I didn't want to just get rid of the gym and sell it the mm. name's pretty strong still so those boys are going to be worker assistants running. I've got another guy called Lee who's the boxing coach he's going to be the manager as such look after bits of paperwork and you know the monies etc um, but I'll still every morning in, in Canada because of the time difference be doing stuff behind the scenes, you know. Yeah. Like I can do the paperwork from there. I've got time. Yeah. When I'm teaching personal one to ones, I've got people in the gym. It's very hard to do anything. When I get back home eight, nine, ten p.m. at night, yeah. it's very hard to do any of that. You know, I do it tomorrow. But over there, I'll be able to do it. So the social media, I can do. Yeah. I can do all the banking. I can do the transfers. Yeah. Can, if anything, it might be. A, a I can do the time. For I can do the road. Yeah, I will be able yeah. to do it. The same with the shows. I'll actually have more time. Yeah. To do the shows like the contracts and. Spit and sending emails to fighters where yeah. sometimes I don't send them to 9, 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. I can actually send them at a decent time and get everything done quicker. Speak to TV people, I can do it. And I'll just dedicate two, three hours every morning there. This is what I need to do. It's not going to be, it's not, it's not that far either, is it? Like Nine hours yeah. flight. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, you're still yeah, half a day. <laughs> you're there. You'll still plan on travelling back for events and stuff like that? Just yeah, I'll come back for the events because the events are still, I'm still part of those events. Um, and of course, of course, is to bring the events to Canada. Right. Alberta is actually the only town, uh, state in Canada at Muay Thai. Really? So I was lucky in that aspect. So yeah, the other ones do, but no elbows, amateur rules. But right. this is, uh, so um, I'll, I'll be bringing Muay Thai Grand Prix there, that's for sure. And then um, the MMA scene is, is massive because of GSP, you know? Yeah, well, I think that's yeah. still to date one of their biggest ever um, stadium events was GSP. Yeah, I wouldn't it? be surprised, you know? He's a big star there, so... Um, MMA, they've got gyms here, there, and everywhere. There, the elite gym is actually just a Muay Thai gym, but you'll you'll find a lot of MMA fighters will come over for to learn striking. Yeah. So, um, and maybe we'll uh, well, we will bring MTK MMA there to do shows as well. But that's slowly, slowly. Yeah, sure. You know, nice. That's a lot of balls to be juggling. Yeah, it is good. Good. I like it, but you're clearly mega yeah. passionate you about it. You just got to. You just got to. Yeah, I've I've done it before. You've done it before. You just spread yourself too thin. Yeah, and and you sort of need a PA, but I can't afford a PA. Yeah, let's put it that way. Yeah, so I have to be all in one. Yeah, but now I'm thinking I've got a little bit older, got a little bit wiser, made mistakes. Well, this is what that's happening. I put things in boxes. I go to Canada. I've got to dedicate two hours of every morning, and I've got to learn to just turn it off. Yeah, on the phone. So easy. I'm just a to nightmare. I think it's saying no to like things that. as well. Like yep. learning. I yeah, think that's you get that as you get a bit yeah. older, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah. You don't just like, yes, yes, no, yes, no. yes for everything. The circles it? get smaller. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, um, and that's what I'm going to be doing behind the scenes a lot. So. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to 
stressing me out just thinking about it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come over and do a podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, mate, I'd love to have visit you been? Them. To, to Canada. Yeah. No, I have got family there as well, actually. Have you? What yeah. part? Oh, yeah, uh, in been. Ontario. Ontario. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, it's I don't, to be honest, I don't know. It could be. It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's miles away. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. So, whereabouts is Calgary? West. Right, okay. Yeah. So, it's above Montana, which is America. So, um, it's a ridiculously cold in the winter still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has the four seasons, you know, the right. real seasons. Winter's ridiculous. Yeah. But the summer's nice. Yeah. Very nice. A lot warmer than here, effectively. Yeah. Um, you know, they do have the seasons. I don't At least you know where you England. stand somewhere like that. In England, we don't know what's cold going on. Or warm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas here, it could be, nice. be anything. You, you know? never know what's going on, do you? No. It's no. crazy here. Yeah, it can get it's going to snow this afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So. Nice. Listen, it's four o'clock, so we should probably get you out of here, mate. Cool. Oh, there I go again with my car crash ending. Sorry about that. Uh, that podcast was recorded back in May of 2018 it's now being published in november 2018 so apologies on the non-relevance of the timing of that uh how i approached this whole podcast was i started recording them before i even had a website and even knew how to launch and whatever else and figured that out as i went so uh yeah i had recorded a lot of these early episodes way before uh, i'd even worked out what i had to do to launch so apologies about that like anything worth doing in life it seems to take longer than you ever hoped um but the fight we spoke about charlie peters went on to win uh so congratulations to him and kieran on that whole win because that was a that's a massive fight for for charlie to win so congratulations on that one and congratulations on to kieran to move into canada and getting set up over there and and that whole process and next step in his life and thanks again to kieran for coming on and see y'all next time.